Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
Welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey. This is your Wednesday episode. We are doing this all over again, and you guys, I am proud to announce that you have made it halfway through your week. As I always say, you can coast from here on out. Your bosses may not approve, but they definitely expect it. So, yeah. And by the way, if you if any of your bosses come up and say, yo, why are you not working? Just say, sir or ma'am. Ryan Bailey told me not to. I'll take the fall. I will take the heat. I just want you guys to have a good time. Uh, Today is a great show. We're going to get right into it, actually. Uh, Have you ever heard of this guy, Danny Pellegrino? 
he uh, he's burning up the charts. <laughs> he's he's uh, he's an author actually. This is no, this is really cool. Danny uh, from the Everything Iconic podcast. You guys all know Danny. Danny's a legend. He's with us today to celebrate the release of his book. How do I unremember this? Which I highly recommend buying. He says buy in hardcover. At the end, I said I'm going to get the audio book too because I I want to hear the vo- the audio. And he's like, get the hardcover. So we got to go out and support. We got to get that hardcover folks it's great i read this book with my own eyes and it was so exciting and i keep saying like i i get impressed with myself when i read a book i'm like look at you like i get turned on I'm like hey look at who's mr smart man with the look look who still knows how to read i'm so used to listening to audiobooks now and then i'll i'll put a, i'll like read a book and like this is and Danny's book is so good it's so funny and nice it's like the the easiest book to get through because you just like it's a page turner but i was like look at me just focusing like i think half the book i just i disassociated and just thought like look at you reading you're really getting it done wow if your english teachers could see you now just whittling away through these pages but it's an excellent book you guys i highly recommend it uh and i was really 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 thrilled that he agreed to come on he's always been so supportive of this podcast and and myself genuinely like just a very supportive dude and um i think in the podcasting space there's so many it's like Podcasters are a different breed, and I mean that in a good way. I mean, I could mean it in a bad way too, but everybody's so supportive. Like everybody always, you know, this we all help each other out. It's really, really cool. And and by the way, I'm sure I'll be on your podcast someday, you guys. Every every one of you guys listening will have a podcast someday. I think that's just that's how nature works. Um, let's see. Uh, not really anything news related. We'll we'll hit that back up on Thursday, which we have another great guest. But I want to get right into Danny, and then afterwards. We're going to do Super Size, baby. We're going to do a Summer House recap. Oh, by the way, did you listen to yesterday's The Say Bible Girls, the Kardashian podcast? I I had the best conversation with them. I enjoyed it so much. So I hope you guys did too. I know the tendency with this show, because there is so much, is that you won't really hear all of the shows, right? You'll like kind of skip around, which is totally cool. But man, sometimes I wish like, I just, sometimes I'm proud of all of it. You know, like I'm like, oh my God, I want I want, I want you guys to hear these girls. Like they're so funny. And I want you to hear, you know, like I want you to share in on everything. And I know that's just impossible. Um, but anyways, if you do like this show, I was also told somebody sent me this DM and and I'm going to trust them. They said, I need to tell people to rate and review this podcast, five stars on Apple Pod- Podcasts and Spotify. So please do that. I feel so creepy when I ask people to do things, but that is what I'm asking if you like the show. Um, also, on my Instagram, if you follow me on Instagram, I released like a 19 slide story uh better help one of the show sponsors uh that that sponsored this show um they wanted um they wanted me to make a story for them as well and put it in the instagram stories um i don't know if that's good or bad or or what but i went ahead and did it and i tried to speak honestly and it's really long it's like four and a half minutes long but if you guys can do me another favor and go check out in my stories on Instagram and maybe hit the link. Uh, you don't have to sign up for it, but just maybe so 
they can see that there is like a power of this podcast and that we get like click throughs and stuff. It's also technical and I don't fully understand it yet, but I actually do believe in mental health and therapy. Uh, it's something that actually really truly is close to my heart. So I don't mind um, trying to push people in the right direction to do things like that, which I think are really, really, truly, uh, truly healthy and beneficial. So that's another favor. And also, uh, I'm a little light on rent this month. If you guys could, <laughs> could you pick me up from the airport this weekend? <laughs> So uh, that's it, you guys. Let's get right into this guy. Legend. I mean, truly, truly, what a... I could tell you, I've known Danny now for a bunch of... Like, what has it been? Five or six years? It's wild. And just always been the nicest guy. And you get a much clearer picture uh, of him from reading the book. And like I told him, I don't get to really listen to his show uh, because I would just flat out steal from him. But it's just, what a good person. What a good guy. What a good heart. And, and how brilliantly funny. Um, and it's a true masterclass. Like, I, I look at that and I'm just like, I'm impressed with the stories, the writing, all of that. But I'm impressed in how he handles himself and how he looks at the world. And these are the people that we need to celebrate, right? These are the people we need to, you know, like, you're not going to catch Danny Pellegrino slapping Chris Rock ever. I don't think, I mean, I, well, I don't think so. But you know what I'm saying? Like, people, genuinely good people. And those are the people we want to raise up high because, you know, it's it, I think people like that show us the best in ourselves as well. So without further ado, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Danny Pellegrino. And then right afterwards, we're going to go right into a summer house recap. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to iHeartRadio. So bad it's good. Today, uh, I get to talk to just somebody I really, really like, but not only somebody I really like, somebody that is a genius in the stuff that we love to do and somebody that kind of just did this huge milestone. And and by milestone, I mean, he made me read a book with my eyes. I Yay. actually, with my own eyes, like I, I've been doing the audiobook <laughs> route. You guys know that. And I read this with my own eyes and I was so <laughs> proud of myself. Um, the book is called How Do I Unremember? Remember this, and I just want to read you a quick little quick bit towards the end of the book that just really moved me. And I keep reading the things we look back on from our youth are more than just music, movies, TV shows, or toys. They are the quickest road to nostalgia, one of the easiest ways to recapture the feelings we had when we are our most innocent and optimistic selves, and the closest thing to getting into a time machine alongside Doc Brown. And what, what Mr. Pellegrino did in that phrase is kind of summed up my whole life and summed up all of our lives. Everybody listening out there, we're all in that same boat. So whether it be reality shows, music, movies, he encapsulates it all and he does it with such a huge heart that you just are carried around on this journey that uh, reminds you of your own childhood. So Danny Pellegrino, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Ryan. I'm so happy to be here and I'm so happy to hear you say that. And also, I know that you're a literary guy because I'm looking at you right now on a Zoom and right behind you is Cop Without a Badge, the Danielle yeah. Staub uh, right, right next to my Batman popcorn <laughs> tin, right next to the Batman popcorn, which by the way, you bat, Batman Returns gets uh, name checked in the book, you guys. The Michelle Pfeiffer, Michael Keaton in scene really is iconic. Oh, yeah. Moment. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that whole Batman Returns end scene when she's uh, has the what's it called? The electric. Uh, thing the, yeah, the, the cattle prodder or the yeah, yeah she, the, she's making out with max shrek and she's doing this monologuing it's the most amazing thing ever i love i mean i love that movie it was so fun actually to be able to lean into all those pop culture things throughout the book and just all the references i wanted to add in i i felt like it was really creatively freeing to be able to do I'm that 
it was so good because it's such a shorthand language that we all have with each other. And when we read that, like, it's like immediately pops you right back into wherever you are in the book. But at the same time, there's like this, you grew up in Ohio and there's this Midwestern, like I grew up in Kansas and there were so many things that you wrote about that I was like, oh my God, like my dad throwing us into a car for a, a, a road trip over the summer. Uh, you have these, this great vacation story that kind of, it goes throughout the book. Your, your stuff about your grandmother. I, I had a grandmother that I was very close with and just her picking up the coupons for you to, to where you could eat on your birthday, lunch or dinner, which is, I was like, I, I know that. I know that. Yeah. My grandma, that was my favorite thing. We would have these lunch dates and she, she would collect coupons in an envelope for those lunch dates. And then she would, when she would pick me up on the Saturday or whenever we were doing those, she would hand me the envelope and say, you could pick. And they were always just places like Arby's. (laughs) None of them was, it wasn't like fancy places, but you know, places, fast food restaurants you'd get coupons for in the Sunday paper. And she would just say, okay, pick one. And there was three options or whatever. But as a young kid, it felt like Oh my God, I can go anywhere. Like, I'm so, you're spe- I'm so anywhere. special. Yeah. Um, I, the, so when does the book come out, Danny? I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, it's uh, out. It's okay, out. Everyone okay. go buy it's it. It's a now New York Times bestseller. Randall Emmett bought Danny a cake. No. It's a New York Times bestseller. <laughs> Number um, five, baby. I'm so proud of that. I'm literally I mean, like so proud. How could you not be proud of that? Like, that is like, it's not jaw dropping because you're talented and the writing's like there. It's like, but it's like how amazing that people are responding to it. Well, I'll tell you what, Ryan, I feel very overly proud of it because when I was trying to get this book, a publisher, everyone turned me down. And I think you, I'm excited to talk to you about it because I think you understand as an independent podcaster, someone, we produce our own content. We put a lot out there. When I was going to these major publishers, they all turned me down. And I have an email of like what everyone said. And most people, they said that they didn't want the book because they didn't think there was an audience for the book because uh, I was an independent podcast, you know, and I, and here I was, I was like, well, I'm showing you the numbers, you know, like I can show you the download numbers. I can show you our merch sales, all that kind of stuff. But still, I think when you're not part of like a big corporation an NBC universal or ABC Disney or something like that, I think they're you're quick to be discounted. And so luckily I ended up finding a great Midwest publisher source books, but that is the thing that sort of makes me most proud is because I was trying to tell these people, like, I think there is an audience for it. And it was like, everyone just was like, no, well, you do a housewives podcast. Nobody wants this book. And and so that's why I feel most proud. And maybe that's really gross to me to say. And some people are probably rolling their eyes. Why would but- that feel gross? I mean, like, it's it's wild how people in control are very unimaginative sometimes, uh, unfortunately so. And it then has people like, we have to push past our normal boundaries of what our ego, like, because me, I will hide in the back. I will not shout my name. Like, in fact, the fact that I do this is wild. But like, you have to actually go after what you want when the numbers are there, but you still have to... Pr- you- we keep having to reprove ourselves. And there's all these gatekeepers. There's it's just the industry is just full of these gatekeepers. And and yeah, that that's what's most fulfilling about the whole thing. It's just like I I felt like there was an audience and and I wanted to prove that. And I think as independent po- podcasters, content creators, all that stuff, we're all trying to kind of prove our worth in in this weird world. Um 
How did Andy Cohen, uh, in the acknowledgments you thanked Andy and said you, he gave you some words of encouragement when nobody else did want the book, what were those words? Did, yeah. I mean, did you tell him you were trying to do this? Yeah, the day that I got that email from my agent of like everyone passing on the book, it was my agent put together all of their responses. And so it was just copied and pasted of like, this is why we don't want this book, that we don't want this. And the day I got it, I think it was the day or the week I got it was I interviewed Andy on my show. And at the end of the interview, I had said something like, I really th- believe in this project, but like no one else believes in it or, or, you know, everyone turned it down or whatever. And he had told me it only takes one. Yes. He's like, you just have to keep fighting for it. And, and it really just kind of gave me the push I needed at the, at the point I needed it most, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, he did, I, I had done watch what happens live a couple of weeks ago and I told him, and I don't even know that he really remembered exactly saying that, but it was, um, you know, sometimes things hit you when you need them the most. And so it was just really important for me. And that was the day that I sort of reworked the proposal a little bit. I I sent it out to some more publishers and then ultimately ended up getting the book deal. But I was, re- I was giving up at that point. I mean, I was done because everyone had turned it down. I was like, well, I guess I'm not doing this book. God, that's, that's wild. Um, the other question, and I, I don't know if you can answer this, but to me, I was reading through it. I was like, okay, well, that's an easy g- to go from here to there. Like, When's the TV show? When is, when is the Adventures oh. of Danster? The Adventures of Danster. So. I hope so. No, but like I could see all of this. You could see in a, a sitcom, like a single camp sitcom, set in this time period, where you'd be able to use the music that we all love. Use the. There's so many of these stories that we relate to. There's been no talk or discussion, or even in your mind, this kind of like backwards. Like I wonder who would play my mom. Oh yeah, no, there's definitely been, I'm, I'm working on that now. You know, I've, I have always written scripted stuff. So I've had a movie that's been sort of slowly in development for years and everything takes forever and sometimes doesn't go, but so I've always worked on scripted stuff. So a lot of this stuff I've always, even as I was writing the book or before, I'd always imagined these things as sort of in the TV film world. So I'm working on that. So hopefully. You know? Okay. Well, yeah. you heard it here first, folks. He's definitely doing it. That's a yes <laughs> but who, who all knows? around. Yeah, no, no, I would no, love to. Andy I wish somebody would. Let's stop. Yeah. Um, somebody needs to call me and make it happen, but we're, I'm working on it. I'm working. Um, I do want to, the, I was really happy that I got to actually talk with you today because I can talk about the summation of what I would think not only is a book tour, but uh, of like kind of a dream book tour for you in particular. Like it was wild to start seeing, not only did you have live shows that were all sold out, you had Drew Barrymore show, watch what happens live. You stayed in Dorinda. Medley's I was just going to say it, Ryan. Berkshire's, the lead. Oh, I, I was trying to say that. I mean, that, that one just took me out. That one to, to, did we really slumber? Did we really lay our heads there? I slept in the fish room, Ryan. It was the most wild thing. I literally felt like I was in a, a, an episode of the show. I mean, it was a weird thing because um, Dorinda had just, she had offered to throw a little dinner for me and release of the book because I was going to be in New York. And so a, a mutual friend, Tim and I, we went and stayed for the night. It was just a quick, quick little trip, but it was so nice. And and I feel like I keep saying this, but um, you, sometimes when you watch like The Real Houses in New Jersey, the houses feel like you could lean on a pillar and it would fall down, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it solid wood in there? Yeah. Like Dorinda's was like a solid house. Like everything <laughs> felt like very solid, like very, very nice. And I haven't, I haven't mentioned this and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn. You know, I never want to want to speak out of turn, but the sheets were like the nicest sheets ever. And they were anyway. like, and I, I, I asked, I said, what are these sheets? Because they were magical cloud sheets and they were fret sheets. Like I, 
I hope I don't even know if I'm saying that right because they're like very wealthy sheets. Um, and <laughs> I look, yes, yes. it's like F R E T T E. And I looked them up and they're like, they're like the cost of a car. Like it's, it, <laughs> it's, always, it's so funny. It's always like you, you mentioned in the book too, about, uh, generic snacks. And I was a family that only got, we got generic Oreo. Like, I didn't even know what real cereal was. It was always like really, you know, generic, like fun flakes and stuff. Right. Um, but it is funny to like, then go to somebody's house that has done well for themselves. And they're like, you guys are living on all new sheets. Like, right. this sheet, like you, when I'm like this really, when, when you actually, cause my mom was always like, Oh, this stuff is just as good as the rich stuff. And then you feel know, the rich stuff never, and you're like, it's never as you good. lied. Yeah, yeah. It's all a big lie. My mom did the same thing. I looked up the sheets cause I was convinced I was going to buy them. I thought, okay, well I'm getting, I'm investing in these sheets. And then I looked them up and I was like, Oh, I can't afford that. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. Next book. Um, uh, you even filmed content with Dorinda, which is what's the creative process with working with one Dorinda Medley? Oh, is she what is a she, good question? Is, yeah, does she get it? She, I don't really understand TikTok, you know, like I hop on TikTok and I watch my Steve Harvey inspirational videos, I don't know how they get there, <laughs> but my feed is just like all Steve Harvey on the set of Family Feud, you know, giving advice. And so I don't really know how to make TikToks very well. And yeah. so she knew she, she, she set it all up. She's like, we're going to do this TikTok today and we're going to whatever. And it was great. Yeah. Um, did she give you any direction? Was she like, Danny, we need a little bit more on this one. Let's. No, we did them. We did a, a couple of them. And, you know, it was the next morning after the night before we had had some, some cocktails and stuff. So, and it was such a quick, I don't even think it was it was like a 12 hour quick thing because we that's all you want. That's all you, yeah, you don't it was want like more quick than in 12. And out. Imagine being there at three days, you would start to like, it would be a limited series on HBO, like a horror thing. But were you eating I'm, in the room where that, the big dinner party happened with like Luann, like all the, the craziness from, a yeah, it was, ago? I mean, yeah, it was the whole, it was the whole, um, experience. Len was there and I was asking Len about what was going on the girls trip. You know, I was like, what I, I, I think I asked Len, like, what was, um, what was crazier filming for the real houses, New York or, or the upcoming ultimate girls trip. Cause they filmed the whole season there. And she was like all the blood rushed out of her face. And she's like, ultimate girls trip was crazy. So I, <laughs> that's, that's I'm like, excited, but I think by it's going to be moment, completely insane. The, the moment you mentioned ultimate girls trip, Tamara came down from her crawl space in Dorinda's house. and was like, you mentioned me. Let's oh go. My God. Oh my um, God. It's going to be wild. I haven't gotten to talk and I, I, I don't listen to your podcast anymore because you. I don't want to, no, I just don't, no, I know. You know, like, I don't want to, <laughs> I, do the I, same will, thing, yeah. I will steal from you. Like, I don't want to do that, <laughs> but I, I do want your thoughts. That's and an I important people, thing that I think we need to talk about is like, cause people ask what podcasts and I love all you guys. Like we all yeah. love each other, How do you not? but we can't listen to each other's podcasts or else we will subconsciously take things. So like I make it a very strong point of staying away from all of you brilliant people because I don't want to. I don't want somebody to message me and be like, oh, you took that phrase from Ryan because I love no, you. No, but if I there's if there's a good interview, like the Andy, like I wanted to hear Andy and you, like sometimes that's why I love, like I want to see you with this person. Like mm. I can't wait to see the Jessica Simpson interview when I can't, like oh, there too. are going to be, <laughs> I mean, have we gotten a response? I mean, it's like, no, this is like no, a love letter, a love letter on love letters on love letters to Jessica Simpson. I know I've tried to get Jessica Simpson on the show and I've been in touch with her uh, I think her publicist or someone from her team and it just hasn't happened, but whatever. I'm going to do a Christmas vacation thing where I'm like uh, uh crazy, you know, cousin Eddie and go get Jessica Simpson and bring her to you. <laughs> 
Um, please. Uh, so you had to, you please, you had to Rinda's, you did watch what happens live as a main guest. Um, uh, how does Andy smell? Like, does he smell? He, sm- he seems like he would smell great. He smells really good. You know, the whole uh, watch what happens live. Like, it seems like such a fun place to work. And I've only been there a couple of times, but it seems like everyone is just so nice and fun. And it's, it's just a good vibe. I don't know. It's just a, a great, and they serve you drinks even backstage. They serve you drinks, you know, the audience oh, yeah. gets drinks. It's just a, a fun time. And it, you were yeah, ta- it was, fun. no, I just, in uh, towards the end of the book, you also talk about your acknowledgements of all of the TV show hosts and especially female hosts that have kind of led you. And I love your comment about Bonnie Hunt, who I love. And I know you've talked with before, but she might've been a little too quick for daytime, which I was like, that's so that's that nails it. Yeah. I'm endlessly fascinated by talk shows. I love a, a daytime show. I love a late night show, but I think when it comes to Bonnie, she was so quick. And I often, that's what I do at nighttime. It's like watch old talk show clips on YouTube and I'll watch Bonnie. And sometimes she was just so quick. And I think for a daytime audience who is making dinner and who is folding laundry and, and kind of doing other things like with late night, I think you can be, you can have that quickness because the audience is winding down. So they're kind of more paying more attention to what's happening on screen a little bit. I think maybe not anymore because, uh, people are watching late night in clips on YouTube the next day. But I, I really feel like when, when she was on, she was just a little too quick for the daytime audience. Yeah. We, I mean, we talked about daytime or just talk shows in general last time you were on, because I mean, I just grew up just so fascinated with all of it. Just like, it was just my, that was my dream. Like I cried when Letterman went off the air. I, I mean, like these people are our friends. Who was it for you? Was it Letterman? Like who was your favorite? Uh, I got it. There was a moment as a child. I, it was Arsenio Hall for a second, actually was our like, wow. I was, I was like kid, kid. Like, I just thought it was like, so, and he had a Batman episode. I remember. And I was like, Whoa. But then after that, it was like Letterman. I was very against Leno um, Carson. I appreciated greatly Conan. Sure. Uh, you know, but I was also a huge Joan Rivers fan as a kid. So it was, um, it was, there, everybody brings something to it, but that's why when somebody doesn't belong there, like a Chevy Chase per se, when he did his, it like sticks out like a sore thumb because it's almost like podcasters or people getting into podcasting where you're like, you don't realize this is like, this is work. Yeah. You know, like I, I sometimes feel that with talk shows, they'll just give it to a name. Right. Yeah. I think um, you're totally right. And there are certain talk show hosts. It's almost fascinating. I think we've talked about that CNN series about the late so night, which good. was so, yes. so good. Yeah. Uh, but I think, um, yeah, there's certain ones that stick out that are really bad. Even in the daytime world, I'm fascinated when there's like a Megan Mullally or, or a, I don't, Chris Jenner or someone who pops in for a season like that. <laughs> Even a Bethany Frankel. Bethany, Bethany Frank- like, I mean, there's been so many, or Queen Latifah or Anderson Cooper. And I think in, in daytime, especially, I think you have to give so much of your personal life. And sometimes I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, well, why did, Queen Latifah do it when she has always sort of told us that she doesn't want to reveal much about her personal life, which is completely valid, but it's like she was, or Anderson Cooper, who up until recently really didn't tell us anything about his personal yeah. life. All of a sudden he has tons of personal life going on. Yeah. Kids but, all of a sudden loves to drink with Andy daytime TV. It's like, you have to kind of be warm and people you need to be like, the audience's friend. And so sometimes I look at some of those one season or two season wonders and I'm like, that was such a weird choice. Like why, why did we do that? 
I mean, you make this great point in the book about Oprah, too, is that I know your mom really likes Oprah. And you went back and watched that show on the making of the final season of Oprah, which I loved. But she was like just just a, like a special diamond that we won't really see come uh, our way again. And like so smart, so funny, like her choice of guests, which you were just all over the place. Does that inspire you when you still put together your show? Because your guests have gotten more interesting and more interesting. You're still doing the recaps, but your guests are kind of encapsulating so many different uh, areas than I believe when it first started. Is that always active in your mind? Yeah, I always try to just follow what I like. And so I know I understand that most of my audience comes for the Bravo recaps and stuff like that, but I also want to keep it fresh for me. And I like talking to a lot of these people. And and so sometimes I'll have a guest that will even surprise me. I, I recently had Lisa Ann Walter, who was on that Abbott Elementary Abbott, yeah, show. Yeah. And I love that show. And she's also been in a million things. And I like love talking to her. She's been around the the industry for years and years and years. She had so many great stories and and I ended up hearing from so many people who were like, I didn't think I would, I, I, I wasn't going to listen to that. And then I did and I loved it or something like that. And ah. so that is always the most exciting to me when somebody kind of is a, a surprising guest. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I love, I love getting to talk to people and, and interview some of the celebrities. I love celebrity, Holly, entertainment, yeah. all that stuff. And so hearing some of these stories is thrilling for me. Um. Uh, since I don't listen to your show on a daily basis, I do need to hear some of your, your Bravo opinions because it just, I, I love your opinions. I need to know what we think of the ultimate girls trip and Bravo expanding past the horizons, which a lot of us have asked, but now we're actually seeing it come to fruition with Peacock. Uh, what did you think of ultimate girls trip? And, and obviously the second one's going to be insane. Yeah, I loved it. I think the second one's going to be a totally different flavor, but the first one I thought was great in that it was kind of behind the scenes. I was happy when we got Luann talking about cameo. Like that was all I needed from that. It was exactly. like Luann. <laughs> Use the real That's world. It. Use like, the just, real world around you. Yeah. That was enough for me of just the whole series was enough for that <laughs> moment. And so it was kind of boring. Like nothing really happened. It was just like a nice vacation, but it was exciting to see these all-stars sort of together and and see different sides of them. I think Cynthia came off really poorly, but I think it also was interesting because I think that she was probably let go from Atlanta right before she went, or at least she was probably really worried about being let go. And so it was interesting to look at through the lens of that, which I wish they would have explored that a little bit since they were breaking the fourth wall. And she did seem to be like kind of a little insecure and everything, which is understandable if you're worried about losing this job that you've had forever. Um, so and you I tell Ken and you can tell Kenya wasn't worried. Right. Ken, right. Kenya was in there pretty confident. Yeah. And I think that maybe that was part of the dynamic between Kenya and Cynthia is like, Kenya is like, Oh, you're off my show. Like, I don't need to be friends with you. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was good, but I I'm excited that Peacock's doing all this content. My only concern or worry in the terms of the future with the Peacock stuff is like, I want them to have a budget and I, they don't obviously aren't going to have the budget of Bravo, but we saw on like the Real House of Miami when they threw everyone in the truck on the street, like they were in a food truck getting ready for the reunion. And it's like, that's worrisome to me when we're doing like Roni legacy. Like I'm concerned. I, 
I can't see like our OGs just in a food truck on the street getting ready for the reunion. Roni legacy is just in an alleyway behind a Sabaro <laughs> in Times Square. Yeah. yeah um, like their, well, their that, uh, paycheck is just a Buffalo Wild Wings gift card. Like that's all they're getting for the season. But by the way, you know what? I was talking about this because Luann was pushy. I don't know if it's real or not, but Luann was saying, I'm not going to be involved with it. Potentially a show with E, you know, they, they supposedly maybe you're going to pay these ladies only a hundred thousand a year, but I keep arguing with myself of like, well, I think it's still worth it to do for these ladies because the promote, you know, they'll be in the limelight again. And some of these ladies have been wanting this for a decade now to get back here. What are your thoughts? I think it must be very difficult to take such a huge pay decrease. And I think that was probably part of the appeal for Bravo of splitting these series was that they can reset, renegotiate contracts and everything like that. And they, quite frankly, none of the networks have the same kind of money they did 10 years ago because the audience is fragmented. I think the ratings go down. They just, there's no way they could pay someone a million dollars a season. Bethany will never be back because I don't think they could ever pay her what she would, what she would want, or even close to what she was getting sort of towards the end there. So I think it must be so awful to have to go from, I mean, I'm assuming Luann and Ramona were, I I don't want to give out a number because this might be totally false, but it was certainly probably five to 10 times more than a hundred thousand dollars. And so for the season, and that's a huge pay decrease in any other field, people would, it would be shocking and, and you'd have to adjust. Now at the same time, people get fired from these shows and they completely lose the paycheck and then they lose more paychecks because they're not in the limelight anymore and they're not getting as many Instagram sponsorships and everything. So I think you're right. Podcast. Yeah. Then they do a podcast for two months and then the podcast just suddenly goes away. And we're like, what happened to it? I would love to see a show of just housewife negotiations, you know, of just going back and forth and just somebody explaining to Ramona what they're offering and why, you know, like, I just want to know those conversations because this is a businesswoman. So she prides herself on her business. I would love to know what it breaks down with. Um, But I, I really... Oh, sorry to interrupt Luann too. I think with uh, Luann is essentially using the series to promote her cabaret around the country. So it's like, that's the, that's the moneymaker and, and it helps her do all this others. She has four nights at the L Ray. How, how many nights are you going to Danny when she's here? I'll be at all four. Yeah. She's doing four. She's doing four. Yeah. She's doing a stay. This this is the grateful dead at the L Ray. Like I'm going to be out front with cassette tapes, passing out bootlegs. Like you got, you got Luann from DC in in 2003. Yeah. I'll trade you. Like, this is amazing. There's this idea of like you wanting to see these people for a live show. I mean, even I think on Jersey, Joe Gorga, he's like stand-up comedian tour. And I think there's a lot of interest of like, what does that mean? Like, what is that show? What are we doing there? And so I understand like the first kind of tour that these people do, but with Luann, it's such an anomaly to me because it's like, we all have gone to the show and we've seen what it is. And yet we're still going back. (laughs) And I would go back. I'm saying, I don't even have a question in my mind. Some of the most fun times I've ever had. Like a terrible night, but it's so fun. The last time when we went to the one at the Willard, the whole audience was talking over her, but not even like it. Like we were having a blast. We were just having a blast with our friends and just happened that Luann was singing on stage. Yeah. Very loosely using that term singing. I mean, she's just up there. And yeah, we were all just like talking, chatting. Everyone's so dry. I don't think I've ever been as drunk as I was at a Luann's cabaret show. It's just like something comes over you and it's. (laughs) 
she moves liquor sales. Like she really moved the dial, which the cameo thing. I love how you like mentioned that was such a great moment because they, all the other ladies treated her like a workhorse, like, wow, look at you just going like getting like, they think of her as the workhorse housewife of like really getting through it. Whereas Sonia's like more artistic housewife where it's like, depending on the mood, you know? And now Sonia's touring with her own Caberlesque. Caberlesque. I mean, competing like this is Biggie Tupac potentially, or has like the makings of, but I, uh, you know, on the, sorry, this is a horrible transition on the book tour though. Did any other housewives come out and uh, say, howdy, did you bump into anyone wild? No, I, I no. the New York show was um, the New York show was so quick. So I wish I would have gotten to see sort of like the crowd at the New York show, not saying that anyone, any crazy housewives were there, but I, I had to rush off to watch what happens live that night. So I kind of had to rush out of the New York event pretty quickly. Um, but no, I had some friends join me on stage. Dave Quinn joined me uh, in New York and I had different people join me on stage for like a little Q&A at the, at the events. But no, I, I don't think I saw any. I mean, I saw Jackie on Watch What Happens Live and I think that was, <laughs> it was all really a blur. Like the whole, it was two weeks of a, a crazy blur. There was an intro. I, I did The View and when I came to The View, oh, yes. this was really interesting to me and I wish I would have gotten to the bottom of it. But, you know, Sonny Hostin, this is a deep cut for people who love The View and Housewives. Sonny Hostin and Bethany have a feud. Sonny's a co-host on The View. Uh, apparently Bethany allegedly went and yelled at Sonny's kids in the Hamptons. And so Sonny like hates her. So on the day that I was there, one of the hot topics was about how Bethany is like saving Ukraine, you know, like it was, and, (laughs) and Sarah Haynes, one of the other hosts, she was singing Bethany's praises. And I, I had heard that Sonny wasn't happy. And so I was trying, when I was there, I was trying to like get to the bottom of like, what's going on here with, but I couldn't get any dirt or anything, but they, I was, you'll get just, there. Now I was looking for signs. Yeah. I was like looking for signs of trouble between Sarah and Sonny because Sonny hates Bethany so much. So I was trying my best. You even brought your receipts from the view of when you <laughs> bought the, like, which was kind of amazing. Like it was such a great TV moment. Um, was there things uh, it seems like you, did you target these special things like watch what happens live and the view? Because we all know you're passionate. Like, was that part of the book tour of like, I want to do the things that little Danny, little Danster would love to be doing as an adult. Yeah. I mean, I was just begging people really I, with the view. I talk about it a lot. Cause I uh, obsess with, I the read view. the book because of you. I read it the oral history of the it view because of you. I mean, I listened to it. I didn't, but yeah, it was so good. Yeah. I love, I've always loved the view. And so I reached out to them and, I was basically like begging them to have me on. And I for sure thought they wouldn't. And ultimately they, it was digital only. They were very clear with me that it was digital only. So Whoopi and Joy were not there, but it, (laughs) but they did. uh, I did get to go to the set and they interviewed me and it went out on all their, their social stuff and they have their digital channels. So um, I, but it was still, uh, I mean, being there was incredible to me. I mean, it was the best day of my life. And so, yeah, that was like something that I just was, was dreaming and hoping I could do, but I didn't know that it would happen. But God, I mean, like, this is just so funny. You have, and at this point, it's like, people don't realize like the audience that you have is like, I mean, you talk about the Taylor army. There's the, the Pellegrino army. There is like the, the, like these people are so motivated. In fact, like I love, I love my Instagram. I love to just get lost in stories because I'll follow a lot of people. I don't care. And 
a, so many of the people that I follow were going to your book tour or one girl I remember waking up going like today's Danny day. And then she was just so damn happy and she was just had the best day. And I thought that was so cool because everybody, you give that people that feeling, but is that, I was wondering, is that a lot of pressure for you too? Because so many people have such strong feelings and such, and you talk about in the book too, uh, a little bit of like, I, I just want enough attention. Like sometimes like even with your birthday, I don't want it too little, but I, I don't oh, want yeah. it too much. It's gotta be overwhelming at times to, to realize how much you mean to people. You know, with the, with all of the book stuff, I was just so excited that anyone was excited to <laughs> read it. And it was like such a long, arduous process of writing yeah. and, and all of that stuff. So really, I just, I felt like so happy that people were embracing this, this project and, and, yeah, it, that just meant the world to me. So I was just excited. And and it was all, every, it was a really crazy kind of couple of weeks because we were traveling to, there was like, um, I, I forget even how many cities, it was like six or seven different cities with the, all within a week. And so I didn't even have time to process much of anything that was happening. It was just, I was excited and running off, um, running adrenaline. off of an adrenaline. So yeah, I just felt, I felt, and I feel going back to kind of what I said, just the I feel so grateful that there is uh that there are people who are interested in reading or supporting because it is hard to get support and I I've been struggling for years and years and years in this industry just so to have anyone sort of embrace anything I'm doing is just it means the absolute world to me and I I told everyone on the book tour when I was at these events like every they changed my whole life because I they changed my whole life and I'm sure you can relate to that it's like you kind of start the podcast and you hope it does well, but you don't know if anyone's going to listen or if you're going to keep at it or, or whatever. And so anyone who listens or, or the people who have listened from the beginning or, or who start listening this week, th those people change my life more than they'll ever know. And, and anyone who bought the book that's now changing my life. And it's so it's, I feel so grateful. Yeah, no, it, it truly is this kind of amazing, weird thing. And, and I think also you point out in the book and you don't go so in depth about it, but you know, you came out to Los Angeles to, to try to get a career in the arts and we never, and that's why, you know, I think the original book title was like detours or cause you do have these detours and you had, you know, this was a little bit of a detour, but you ended up getting to where you wanted to go anyways, even with that detour. Um, what were your first years like in Los Angeles of the struggle? Well, so before I moved to LA, I was in Chicago and I was studying at Second City in the IO theater. And when I moved out here, I was I was sure I was going to do the Groundlings, which is a comedy theater out here. And I was going to an SNL was going to be like, we're putting you <laughs> yes, on. Yes, that's, you know? that's what we that's what that's the career plan for all of us. Usually yeah. tale as old as time. <laughs> now, the Groundlings theater is a very long program here. And so towards the end of it, they essentially will cut you at a certain point. But it was years. I mean. I spent years at the school and when they cut me, it was at this, it was at the same time I'd had some other professional and personal setbacks. It was when my grandmother passed away, who I was really close with. It was just like a really bad kind of moment. And that was when I was completely giving up. And then um, I thought I had also been doing stand up, And I remember telling a friend, I was like, I'm never getting on stage again because it was too much. It was all too much. And I, I was in this really depressive episode and, and a friend told me I should start a podcast. She's like, you can perform from your house. You don't have to get out of bed, you know? And, and so it took me a year, I think from that point before I actually recorded anything. And, 
And then the podcast, it snowballed more than I could have expected, but it's been really, and then it's been gratifying to kind of go then to do live podcast shows because I was certain right when I, before I started the podcast that I would never get on a stage again. And so now it's, it's really fun to kind of get out there and, and the podcast, even the, the author, the book tour, I kind of did like a hybrid. I, I wanted it to be like a show. I kept telling everyone it was like a comedy concert. You know, I wanted everyone to have fun. And hey, I Che Diaz, baby. <laughs> like that's what's what Che, that's you, you, that's exactly how Che Diaz wants it to be. Yeah, well. we, we all needed to channel a little Che Diaz. And so I, I think I tried my best to not make it just like me talking about the book. We talked about Housewives. We had a good time there. We tried to, I tried to make it like a fun event. And it was just cool to kind of be out and, in front of people and, and laughing. I think we all are excited to laugh at nonsense right now. So Danny, how are you going to play dynasty typewriter? That's going to sell out in 20 minutes because of you. Why are we not doing a big, like, are we do about to do another big tour? Because we got to, because you had to cancel the last one pretty much because of COVID the book tour is fine, but we need a full tour. If I was your manager, I would be pushing for that with bigger venues. Tell me that's happening because I, the dynasty tickets were sold out immediately and I couldn't get a ticket for that. I think uh, hopefully soon. Um, yeah, hopefully soon. The the all the book events they were uh, scheduled with the publisher. So we tried to partner with independent bookstores. So with those events, it was uh, we were kind of up to the independent bookstores. So each each location, we picked an indie bookstore, and then they have different venues they work with, and so they were sort of the ones deciding yeah. of, of the venues and stuff like that, but hopefully there'll be a bigger tour uh, or some sort of tour in the future. Yeah. This okay. end of this year. I, I know when COVID I had a whole big tour plan and I, yeah, think I, I only got through three dates or something before COVID. So <laughs> I, I remember the last couple of pictures are like you had started. And then I think the last ones, it was like, Danny has a mask on. He's, oh my God. he's it was and- terrifying. The last, <laughs> I think the last two I did were Dallas and Atlanta. And in Dallas, <laughs> I remember I got off stage and I, my phone had, that was when the, the then president had come on and there were all these news alerts about like Tom Hanks. That was the night that dude. That, that, I mean, Tom Hanks. I was like, you got Tom. If Tom's, if Tom's down, we're done. Right. It was like, I got, I got all these news alerts on my phone and then they were like, okay, you got to come do the meet and greet. And I'm already like kind of a germaphobe person anyway. And I was like, oh my God, I was so scared. And uh, yeah, it was crazy. But, the podcaster in the plastic bubble. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, hopefully I don't love the travel to be honest. Like I'm not great with travel and I don't like no, getting on I, planes. Like that. I remember hearing your story of seeing your family for the first time and you're like, I'm on the airplane. I'm on the, and I'm just like, and then I think your, your guy like passed out immediately or oh something God. or Matt. Yeah. He takes he all his like, plane how, drugs. Wait, Danny, why are you with somebody that would fall asleep during a star is born? One of the best movie. Like, Dude, I, I like I I went and saw that movie by myself and I was like weeping. I if for some reason it moved me more than it ever should have. How is your dude falling asleep during that movie? Are you not upset yeah, with it? It's, when that it's opposites attract, I suppose, because yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, we like completely different stuff, and maybe that's why it works. And and but that's also why I get mad at him. And speaking of weeping, do you get really weepy? I we were just talking about yes, planes. Do you yes, get really do. weepy on planes? Like I don't know what it, how, well, I think that's what I don't like most about it is because I get on a plane and I I'm so, I'm like mush. I I cry. There was a everything. study done where like I, I think it's like the air up 
hair makes you more sentimental. But it, that's what I uh, I meant to say this. You had this beautiful moment on the vacation when your dad got the new car and you were like the high tech family where you were able to plug in a little TV with a VC, you know, like and you were watching movies on your drive too. And you had like your my cousin Vinny, all of this stuff. But it's the same thing with play, like that is like you know, like, yeah, they plug the TV in. But for me, airplanes are the same way. It's not the fact that the airplane is flying that impresses me. It's that we get to watch movies up there. Oh, yeah. Like that to me is like, I, all of a sudden I'm like an art critic. I'm watching like foreign films. I'm like, I'll watch anything on a plane. I watched Spider-Man, the new one. And I cried three different times, which I don't even think, <laughs> you know, there. I guess there was like some sort of emotional moments, but I was like not, I was ugly crying. It wasn't just like a little tear. It was like ugly crying on the plane. I'm like, what am I crying at Spider-Man for? But I'll also watch things that I would normally never watch. And and for some reason, my iPad has shows on it from 10 years ago. So I have literally like three episodes of Bethany Ever After that I've watched a hundred times because they're, they're just That's loaded on my iPad. I don't know. I- I have a bad girls club episode for some reason that I don't know. Even I don't even remember buying it 13 years ago. I have that episode of the office that they put everybody, they put, (laughs) I think they put that on to your, your device when you got it. I got the U2 album, of course, but uh, it's wild uh, what technology has gone through. And I'm still impressed by the little things. Do you Um, remember the office when the little iPads first came out and I, I remember the small little square one watching an episode, the Christmas episode of The Office. And it was like, I, yes. why were we all watching it on that little screen? Well, they, they actually, stream? no, Dana, that, they pushed <laughs> that so hard. In fact, I li- I just listened to the oral history of The Office done by Brian Bob- Gar- Baumgartner, which I think you would probably dig uh, just because it's behind the scenes. But they talk about like what a big deal that Apple thing was. It really exploded the show that was already popular, but just took it to a whole new level. I remember that iPod I really wanted because I saw people watching like the commercial they watched Lost on it. I was like, mm-hmm. I would love to watch something that small. Like, I, I don't know why I was like, I need small. Yeah. It's like no one should be watching an episode of Lost on a screen that small. <laughs> Just the, the way the filmmaker intended, you know. I had forgotten all about. I was obsessed with Lost when it was on, but I had yeah. forgotten all about it. And I just rewatched This Is Forty. Have you ever seen that? With it's oh yeah, the Judd I, I, I own it on Blu-ray for some reason. I own okay. it. I don't know why. Yeah, it was much funnier than I remember. I remember. Hey, I don't know if I. It's because I'm older now that I related to it more or something. But I, it was funnier than I remembered. But the the one young uh, the Apatow girl, she Maud? Uh, or the, I the older one in it. Yeah, she's Maud, reading. Yeah. She, or she's watching Lost on her iPad throughout the whole movie. She's like upset that they keep taking it away because she's watching Lost. And I was like, wow, I forgot Lost was such a moment in every. I in remember our lives. trying to convince myself that I loved the second season of Lost because it had fallen off. So we, I mean, it, it refound itself in the third season, but but the second season, everybody was like, what? What's going on? Like it was. I had never, I, that's what I love your book. I love all of this stuff because these are things that we still get excited by. Like I could still, I got sucked into yellow jackets on Showtime a couple months ago and, and it's probably not everybody's cup of tea, but it's like that feeling of wanting to love something so much. And we're scared sometimes to love actual people in our lives, but I will love a TV show till the day it's dead. You know, like I totally all of my passion into that. Can I ask you a question that I've been thinking about recently? What's a show? What's the last show that you watched all of that you hated? You know, because we do that too, where it's like you watch oh, a whole season of something yeah. and you're like, I don't think I like this at all. Uh, you see, I talk about this a little bit on the show. Just be, Well, I got to say it's and just like that because that original series, which I mean, it's just revered and it did, it did what it needed. Like 
it did something new. You know, now it's sometimes you go back and you have those memories, but you couldn't show it to somebody new because we've seen so many things inspired by that. But the new series, I think they were trying to do something and they didn't accomplish it. So it's turned into this whole other thing. And so that brings up the terminology of hate watching, which hate is a very strong word. But to me, I found, and just like that more, I looked forward to it every week. I looked forward to what ridiculousness it was going to be. And you, you could tell they were all, they were all into it. And I, I'm now in curious of like, wow, I enjoyed disliking that show more than I enjoyed liking some shows and how messed up is that? But I, I can't wait for the second season. Yeah. Yeah. Did right, you love yeah. it? I, I loved, I loved it in the same way. Yeah. I loved it in this sort of the same way. Like I thought it was insane and I, I liked that it was insane, but like passionately insane. Yes. Cause it, it like they like, committed. They yeah. Committed. They committed and they like all Steve really... wasn't just bumbling. Steve was near death. Steve they, was like about to die. And they all really thought they were doing something. Like I feel like we're going to change really the world like, with this we're, one. We're this one's it. World. Like we're, we're bringing in, bringing in all these different characters and we are really <laughs> blowing the lid off this thing. And it was like, what? Like it was just, crazy, but I loved every single week. I was like, this is the I show I'm know. most looking forward to. There were nights I waited up until midnight to when it hit the app, but like Michael Patrick King and Sarah Jessica Parker, I would have loved to have seen them like, scrolling instagram of like oh no oh no 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 Wait, no 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 Brian did you listen to the podcast they did about each episode you have to listen to it I was too scared I know of it I was too scared though because I was scared I was going to be like they were t- taking it way too seriously and that they are like, and I yeah. think it's like fascinating because there were certain story beats and stuff like that that like we just talked about they thought they were doing something like really like a big thing. And to hear them explain some of it, it's like, wow. Did they, wait, did they get to hear their reactions of when people started making memes and stuff like that? They, they kind of brush past. I wish they would have gotten into that. They, they do say, um, which is true. Michael Patrick King says, talks about how nowadays in, in the television landscape, it's so rare to have a show that people are talking about passionately and that people are having <laughs> I mean, a conversation. And yeah. it's true. It's like, we were, that was the most water cooler show I can remember in recent memory where it, it felt like just everyone was excited to even talk about how much they disliked it. But even that documentary on the making of it, not the podcast, but the actual, when, when Sarah Jessica Parker was with the costume designer in her closet, putting the shoes, like, no, she'd have some uh, CD cases over here. And I was like, I geeked out on that so hard. Yeah, it was good. And I think at the very least, it's, it's interesting to me that it's something uh, that we remember because oftentimes now I feel like I watch stuff and I completely forget that I watched it three months later and somebody will mention a show and it's like, I think I watched that whole thing, but I don't remember any of it. And so at least I do think it's great that something is memorable or, or different because there, there's a lot of crap we watch, uh, you know, that we just, it runs through our heads and we forget we even watched it. But as a pop culture critic, I I agree with you, but I get scared in the fact that it's going to make people do bolder and bolder things that are not actually true. Like we saw that in the Oscars the other night. I mean, we grew up watching probably I think you were the same way of like loving the Oscars, like really treating it seriously and having parties and all this stuff. And then to see that moment was Will Smith and Chris Rock. I know there was, you know, reasons and blah, blah, blah. But it's still such a shocking moment. And the way we're normalizing it now is so weird to me because I'm like, guys, this still is above 
up. This is not, this isn't something we should explain away. This is not even normal in Will Smith's weird world. Like this is a very odd moment. And I don't want them to keep repeating this to get attention. You know, I see, I saw a lot of critics say this about this year's Oscars was that it seemed like they were almost embarrassed by movies. And I think it's kind of spot on because yeah, I think the Oscars was always exciting because it felt like a celebration. And a lot of it felt arduous when you're watching a three hour show where even as a kid, there would be certain categories. I'd be like, oh, I don't care about that short <laughs> category or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's still important because that's what the Oscars always was. And the Golden Globes, on the other hand, was always more of like a party kind of thing. Yeah. But this, this year's Oscars, I got really upset when they were doing like the best animated feature and sort of making fun of and saying, oh, well, your kids watch these over and over again. And I'm like, well, you know, yes, they're animated, but I think they were also made for a wide audience and and for if I was if the person who made that movie, I'd be so fucking pissed that everybody is just like, oh, this <laughs> shitty. This, all Here's your, your national are TV this. moment. And we're going to make we're going to roast you to death. Yeah, it just felt like they were making. I, I don't know. And and so I didn't love it didn't really feel like or or even when they did that Encanto song, it's like I love Megan and I love that they brought her out and did sort of a remix. And she's amazing. But it it felt like, well, this is a should be the movie song. You know, like yeah. do the remix. Well, every, and, that, and by the way, I'm such an idiot. I I have I had still managed to never hear the Bruno song up until Sunday. And I know I don't know why, but I just haven't. I know it was like number one forever. But uh, but everybody was like, that's not that's not the song. That's it's a, just I'm, weird. I'm, that is not the song. They were like really angry, it seemed like it just feels like that's the all these little choices added up to the f- overall feeling of like we're embarrassed by these movies or we're too cool for it and it's like no the the oscars i think are supposed to be sort of nerdy for movie lovers and tv and reality shows are very proud of themselves right now they got their chest puffed out because i believe we really are in still the golden age of all of what you can do with this whereas movies we're now you know that nancy myers article she highlighted from new york times saying that we're in a potentially a dying art form of movie and movie going experience yeah i worry about movies in general i mean yeah, I, I love a superhero movie. I just talked about how I saw Spider-Man, but I want there to be a variety of stuff. And and it, I even with streaming, I get concerned because when I look at the Netflix landscape, sometimes it feels like they're even taking less and less chances. And now there's a lot on these different streaming services that just feel like they're created by the algorithm. And so they are just sort of blah, Yeah, you know? Um, we got a couple more minutes and I am not going to be able to get to everything, but you know, we'll probably know each other for the rest of our lives maybe. So we'll talk at some point, but now you're like, no, 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 that's not happening. Uh, I was listening to uh, somebody sent me an episode of Dan Savage, the, uh, the, you know, uh, prolific podcaster writer. And he was talking about the importance in small towns. And you had mentioned this in this kind of nice, you know, of like, uh, of like bookstores of places that, you know, even young gay kids can go and see representation of themselves. And you talk about that in the book, a little bit about going to sneak this or that, like, have you, has anybody ever come up to you of saying like your podcast has helped me or your, you know, you being this open and honest with your life has kind of inspired me a little bit. Oh yeah. I mean, I get DMS, you know, I don't want to say every second, but I get a lot of DMS from young gay people or people who are newly out of the closet. And even with the book, I tried, it was really important to me of not to shy away from the gay stuff. So like there's one chapter where I 
it's sort of um, framed by a Sean Cody reference, which is a gay porn site. And it's like, I know not everyone's going to get that, but it was really important for me to include that because I need young gay people to like see those little, those references as well too, because it, it was important to me. And oddly enough, just yesterday, uh, there was a book that I read when I was right before I came out of the closet called Swish by Joel Durfner. And it was, um, I remember reading it in a Chicago Borders bookstore and I still have my copy of it. And I mentioned it a bunch of times in different interviews because it was so important to me to see like a gay man who was, it wasn't a, a horror story or it wasn't a, a tragic story or tragedy. It was just this gay man living his life and it was an essay collection and he was funny and he used pop culture references and he talked about sex and he talked about friends and family and all you that. You mean stuff. like an actual person? A human. Yeah. But Whoa, at the time, this was like 2008 or something around yeah. there. And it was wild to read that for young gay Danny to see that. And he just reached out to me. I got an email from the author. He said somebody had sent him an interview where I talked about this. And so I was able to tell him directly too what that book meant to me, because I do think it's still important. We're living in Los Angeles where there's a lot of different kinds of people. But when I go back home to Ohio, there's, it's not, there's not a ton of different kinds of people. And so I, I hope that people will read the book or listen to my podcast or something and, and yeah, the, a little gay kid or something will feel like, okay, the, if everything's going to be fine. Like, I it love might not it. Be it's perfect, like so, but. so important. Like it just truly is to have this kind of representation in the best way possible. Uh, why don't you like summer house? I'm liking summer. I, I loved this okay. week's summer house. Right? I loved it's it, good. Yeah. I loved it. Sometimes it feels too chaotic to me. And I, it, I don't last know. Week it, was it, like, last week was last insane. Week was it was like a train. It was just, it, was, it wouldn't stop. I know. And uh, I, I don't, all the drinking stuff. I don't know if it triggers me in a weird way or something, but it's just like too much. I, it, I too much. It hurts. But like this it physically hurts me to watch. Cause like, I'm like, how are you, how are you getting up the next morning? Like I always think about hangovers and my knees now, like when Austin picked up Lindsay and jumped in the pool, I was like, my knees wouldn't be able to do that. No way. And I think uh, we're, we're around the same age as them. And so I'm watching them. I'm like, how are you all doing this? And, and also I find something kind of dark about it all. Oh, kind of. Uh, there, finally, yeah. uh, Vanderpump Rules were huge fans of the show and, and stuff like that. What were you? What was your initial reaction to to Katie and Schwartz doing something that I thought they would be together for the rest of our lives? Probably miserable. But what did you what did you think? Was that shocking? I was sad in a weird way. I, I it like hit me very hard. And I don't know if I was yes, just, again, exactly. extra emotional, but I was like, man, I'm sad about this. Like, I don't know. I teared what up. Like I was like, comparing it to my own life. Like, yeah. Wow. And I think part of me well. I also all along sort of felt like they were a bad match. I mean, we've seen pretty awful, you know, like they didn't seem to really love each other, but at the same time, I was like, man, those two kids couldn't make it work. Even though I feel like every week on my show, I was like, they need a breakup. (laughs) We all said that. And then it happens. We're like, oh man, you, you you didn't stick it out. That's crazy. And I think Uh, I, I I at least was worried or, or kept wondering, maybe it's all for PR or or a show or whatever. And then Again, when they officially filed, I think it was in page six that they officially filed. That was what made me, that like put me over the edge. I was like, man, they couldn't make it work. All of a sudden, Katie's like speedy Gonzalez. She's like, let's file immediately. I'm like, where did this Katie come? Like Katie was knitting a couple seasons ago and now she's filing a week after announcing separation. That's wild. And look, Um, as someone who has begged for them to end that show, because the past couple of seasons, I need to take it back right now. You take it. I know. And now, but that's what I'm saying. Now I need the cameras on these people. There's a lot happening. That's exactly right. 
I feel like last season was kind of finding their footing after all of the cast changes. And it's like, now we have all this stuff going on and I'm concerned that they don't have cameras in front of them for all this major life events that are happening. I'm concerned about it. I, I do get concerned. I'm like, why? Where GoPros exist? We can just strap these onto these people. It's like they they already are humiliated in certain ways. Uh, Danny Pellegrino, the book is called "How Do I Unremember This." You've already got a copy. He doesn't need to do this. This he's just a good person. This is the no. Go buy it. We need people to buy the book. Well, we're going to keep buying it. In fact, I just bought the audio book as well because I wanted to give you a compliment. Is that uh, reading this, you reminded me a lot of somebody that I truly love, David Sedaris, and oh. I was like, I need to hear. I need to hear your voice read these words because one of my favorite things is listening to a David Sedaris audiobook because of his voice. And you have a similar little, like just a really good tone in your voice. So I'm very excited Thank to you. listen to this. But you guys, please let's let's go. So you're already supporting, but go support harder. Hopefully, we'll see the movie, the TV show, the play, all of this stuff spin off of this book. Is there anything else that we need to know, Danny? I no, that's you have it. To keep things pretty close to the vest. I, I I would just say the best way to support is get the hardcover book. But we love anyone who. Once the, the audiobook is great too, but yeah, hardcover. Through I'm I'm only getting the audio. That's it. Uh, <laughs> no, Danny no. and last, lastly, what's your favorite? So bad it's good moment. Something crazy that you saw on TV that you. Oh my god. Okay, hold on. Not me thinking about it. Favorite so bad it's good moment. Probably. I mean, and just like that is just what's coming to mind when when uh, Carrie pissed the bed and Miranda was getting fingered by Che Diaz. I think like that just is the immediately it was so bad, but I it to me that was like classic cringy sex in the city. And I think the rest of the series or season <laughs> didn't really quite encapsulate everything. But to me, that one little moment was so insane. And like yet that, it felt kind of classic-y sex in the city to me. And just Carrie pissing or amazing, amazing. I couldn't uh, believe they went there. Oh my I really, God. but I was so happy that they did. And I will think of that image for the rest of my life. And I again, my you know, they were in the writer's room and they're like, we, we're doing something here. We're doing, and that time they were right. They were right. <laughs> Uh, Danny Pellegrino, thank you so much. Thanks, Ryan. Love you, buddy. Bye. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit.
credit card. Folks, we are at the part of the show where I wax poetic about our sponsors, and we have a returning sponsor with us, and that is Seed, which makes one of the damn best probiotics out there, period. Um, now, they, they ask me, they send me this, this kind of copy to read, and they ask me questions like, why were you excited to try Seed? Well, I was excited to try Seed because probiotics... It kind of goes hand in hand with trying to make your body better, trying to make your body operate in a smooth or a smoother capacity. And I got to tell you, since I was on all the antibiotics from my face medication from blowing up, they said you need a solid probiotic. And uh, I said, what about this? And they were like, yeah, you could totally use that. And it was seed. Um, What I love best about seed, well, I mean, of course, the probiotic part, but I got to tell you, being kind of like, I'm not fashionable, but at the same time, I love the way this thing is packaged. It's in this like green bottle, and then they give you this bottle on the side that's like a daily pill bottle case that you can take around, and it is the coolest packaging I've ever seen a product have. Like, no joke. I've even had somebody ask about it, and like, that's so cool, and it truly is cool. You should try Seed if you want to be cool, (laughs) period. That is why you should try Seed, and it's actually good for you. Um, It turns out everything you think you know about probiotics may be wrong. Uh, I knew probiotic tortilla chips sounded way too good to be true. Good news, though, Seed's daily symbiotic is the real deal. Now, Seed always says not all probiotics are created equal, and I agree. So what is the daily symbiotic? It is a broad-spectrum two-in-one probiotic plus prebiotic. It is a proprietary formulation of 24 distinct probiotic strains in scientifically studied dosages. Proprietary engineer two-in-one capsule that protects probiotics through digestion to ensure delivery to the colon. Uh, If you've taken a probiotic before and never felt a difference, it's likely because the good bacteria wasn't surviving your GI tract. Now, seed is designed differently, and that's why it works. So what does the daily symbiotic do for you? It supports benefits in and beyond the gut. Yes, seed will support ease of bloating healthy regularity and ease of evacuation, if you know what I mean, but it will also support your gut barrier, your skin health, heart health, and micronutrient synthesis. Um, Gut immune function is not boosting the immune system. It's about supporting the crosstalk between your intestinal cells and your immune cells. By the way, do you guys think I should make this podcast kind of like a, like a scientist podcast? I feel very science. I feel very very knowledgeable right now. So many see improvements in digestion within the first 24 to 48 hours, which can include bowel movement regularity and eased bloating. Um, So I want to call you guys to action. Start a new healthy habit today. Visit seed.com forward slash so bad and use code so bad to redeem 20% off your first month of Seed's Daily Symbiotic. That's seed.com forward slash so bad and use code so bad. Folks, this is one of those things is just try it. See if it's your thing. Give it a month. This is a good price for a month. Give it a month. See if it works. But we got to start taking care of ourselves. I've been telling myself this this, the last year, and I'm starting, damn it. And you're going to start with me. Try it. And now back to the remainder of our show. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where the hell were you guys going? No, no, no. The show is not done. 
I say when this show is done. No, no, no. We got a whole summer house recap ahead of us. What are you crazy? No, wasn't Danny amazing? Ah, what a what I hear. Did you ever know you're my hero, Danny Pellegrino? You're everything I would like to be. Danny makes me fly higher than an eagle. Cause Danny Pellegrino is the wind beneath my wings. Thank you, everybody. Please tip your waiters tonight. Um, wow, I'm in a silly mood. Interesting. Um, so Summer House, you guys, you heard of it? Great show. I got to tell you, though, I'm going to I'm going to get violent over there at Bravo. They left us with a to be continued right when a fight broke out, right when it was getting so good. And you leave me with blue balls like that for a week. I can't. My body can't handle this kind. And this was interesting because like last week's episode was so intense. I kept comparing it to Mad Max. It's like it never, it never relented. It was in your face the entire time. And this one is like, it starts like just slow. You're just like, okay, cool. We're just here in the summer house. It's not even a big deal. And then it gets more intense and more intense until it builds to that final dinner scene. Nobody's doing it like summer house right now. Everybody take note. This is, they're doing some magic stuff over there. I mean, I don't think they realize they're doing magic stuff, but they are. They're doing great. <laughs> and by the way, we're two weeks in a row now where Kyle and Amanda have not fought that much. And that's all we, that's a win when you're like, whew. Thank God. Like I, they, they fought like, I think the first five episodes. So it was like, I, I was even start. I couldn't handle it any longer. So thankfully we have two back-to-back episodes, which is like, that's the winning streak you want to be on. You know, this episode is called, uh, it's episode 10. It's called that's not a more. Now the summer else titles, we need to work on those a bit. The show's great titles. That's not a more. Which is obviously, if I'm a betting man, you know, Andrea is Italian. You know, Italians are like, that's amore, which is love. I think that, is it love? It could be, guess it, I don't. So uh, this was called That's Not Amore. So pretty easy. Uh, we start off every show as they, they'll go like previously on Summer House. And we have Lindsay going, it's my birthday. Carl has brought a visitor, Mackenzie, this girl that he's dating with. And he's comfortable with her. He talks to her. He feels safe. And by the way, I want to normalize men feeling safe, too. There's we 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 sometimes don't feel safe. I sometimes just I just want to I want to just somebody to hold me. Well, I weep gently into a shower. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel I like Carl. I like Carl's being in touch with his manly feelings. I like that. Um, Austin's driving with Kyle. We see in a scene where he's like, yo, yo, bro, I'm getting married in 41 days. These investors, they want me to get a prenup, which is just so weird. I guess it's like investors, if they're investing in you, they want to know where the money would go if you got divorced. But also, it kind of seems like too personal. Like, why don't you back off, investor? You know, like, what do you want to do? Like, how many times did you guys bone this week? That's too far, Mr. Investor. It's too far. Um, Maya, of course, we get a scene where she explains once again that she was in a five-year engagement. She's new to dating. And Danielle, in this last episode, set her up with this good-looking dude named Oliver. And uh, they go on a date this episode, you guys. Of course, Craig and Paige, um, we have a flashback of a scene with them where... Matt, Craig knows how to talk to women or knows how to talk to Paige or something because he he, he has Paige convinced. I mean, it's just so funny. He, he has her convinced it's okay not to commit to her 
but also that it's her idea almost. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you ever feel like Craig's just like, <laughs> we have this scene from a couple of weeks ago when he's like, yo, it'll get to a point where we know it's inappropriate to date other people. <laughs> Which just is like him saying, it's still very appropriate. <laughs> I still want to date. Like, and she's like, no, no, totally. I, no, I, I, I thought that first. Yes, me as well. Uh, Andrea and Paige, um, they're, uh, Andrea, oh yeah, sorry. Andrea and Paige, Andrea, the Italian stallion. I got to tell you, Andrea might be my favorite person on the cast right now. Nobody, just what an emotional, like what I love Carl's emotional. Andrea cries multiple times. Andrea is like Tom Sandoval almost. I'm really, I'm loving it. Um, but remember, you know, he started off the house in love with Paige and Paige let him know that, it, that they can't see each other anymore because of, uh, Craig, you know, um, then Lindsay, we get a flashback scene of once again, her eggs being 28 years old. And she's like, it's hot hub summer, hot egg summer. And then Austin's coming into town and Sierra and Eclipse says, I'm not over Austin. I just don't know where we stand. And then we have that flashback of the most idiotic scene of the world of Austin last week in the kitchen, drunk as hell going, what if I told you, Lindsay Hubbard, kiss me right on the mouth to Sierra. Which is like, what a fucking low, like, what a way to throw a woman under the bus. Like, that's insane. And then Sierra last week going, Lindsay, can we talk? And she's like, no, no, we can't talk. And Danielle pointed out, why are the girls going after each other when he is the problem? Which we still have got nobody answering this, right? Like, we see this this whole episode, too, of like, Austin's the problem, but nobody ever confronts Austin. This fucking episode should have just been everybody confronting Austin. Like, that's what the episode should have been instead of what happened at the end of the episode, which we'll get to. I always like to treat you guys like you've never seen the show at all. Like, and yeah, I'm painting this. I'm painting a world like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars. Like I am painting summer house for you. So you can, it's like a radio play where you can in your own mind, imagine what these people look like. And last week's episode ended with all of this drama with them going out to a bar and Lindsay bring, like, brings home a stranger, like Fabrizio or whatever his name is, which, by the way, can I tell you, um, as Danny would say, detour, when AOL was first invented, or no, not for like five years in or something, they'd have these like message boards. No, it wasn't message. It was like AIM conversations, but they would have like different ones, like Titanic role playing uh, groups or whatever. And me and my friend Susie, we would uh, we would go in and we would like mess with everybody's Titanic fan fiction. I mean, it was so idiotic. I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm Fabrizio. I'm farting everywhere. And they'd be like, sir, we are going to kick you out of this AIM group. <laughs> oh, just a delight. So we uh, we start where we left off with uh, Lindsay hooking up with this stranger. And I, w I mean, I told you guys last week. I mean, we saw insertion under the blanket. Like, you could tell he was inserting the P into the v, v, you guys. Like, there was, like, light thrusting. And, but they were keeping the blanket, like, you could tell, like, they were keeping the blankets on. But, like, we are really going someplace with TV. We are, Do not tell me we're not in the golden age of TV. I am seeing light thrusting. You know, as a 12-year-old, a, a how much I would have killed to see light thrusting? A light thrust as a 12-year-old would have been amazing. It would have just, ah... Uh, so, uh, 2.23 a.m., we get the force boxes, bloop, 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 
So we see four things happening in the summer house at once. And then, of course, um, Luke and Austin, which had a contentious moment last episode where he's like, why don't you go tap maple syrup out of a tree, bro? Is they're drunk and uh, Luke's like, you want to arm wrestle right now? And Austin's like, yes. That's how simple guys are, man. Like, dude, I can't. Did I tell you guys I was on uh, my roommate has a Peloton and I used it and I had like, I shit you not, three pound weights. I don't even think it's five pounds. Three. I don't know why I'm whispering. Three pound weights. And I fucking like I did something to my elbow, like my left hand. I Like, how did I hurt myself with three pound weights on a Peloton? What are you, are you out of your mind? Um, so, uh, they're arm wrestling. We cut back to the insertion happening up in Lindsay's bedroom. And then we cut to Carl and McKinsey's room and they're just both on their phones. Now this, you know, we're like a little boring, but I think this is what I identify with just on, on my phone, on my, uh, that's it on my phone. (laughs) Um, Austin wins. He goes, I knew I was stronger than you, Luke. Uh, Luke is loving it. Luke, I mean, God, I, you know, Luke is a proud guy. Like, I think Luke is trying to be a good guy, but he's also, he's like, this is what it means to be a man drinking Coors Light, wearing really big hats and arm wrestling with my bros. <laughs> That's He's just like, and if I could, if I could get some hockey around here, that'd be great too. Kyle comes out at this point, it's 3am and Kyle comes out like, just like, he like, seems like very incapacitated. He's like, can we start using our inside voices? Can we start being quiet? He's in his undies. He's like almost running into walls. And Austin's like, yeah, 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 totally, totally. Um, And then Austin keeps going. That's a tight ass, Kyle. He's trying to be like all cutesy. That's Austin's thing. He gets, he tries to be cutesy. Like that's a tight, like if somebody comes out and tells you to be quiet, Austin goes, you got a tight ass, dude. That's a very tight ass. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, we get four more boxes. Lindsay's telling her guy, what are you laughing at? And she goes, why are you so cute? Austin literally tumbles into his bed. Um, you can tell he is very drunk. And all of a sudden we are at the next morning on the summer house, folks. We have survived one of the biggest days. I mean, the fact, I mean, there must be a fountain of Adderall or whatever stimulant that could keep you up over at this place. Cause it is wild how they keep going. Like Danny was saying that in the interview earlier. And I, I second that. I just like, I get exhausted sometimes I get, I like, I already, I'm apologizing to my TV for not being able to keep up. Um, the place is trashed the next morning, folks. It is just so gross. Mackenzie and Carl wake. Robert is in bed eating pizza or bed pizza, as we like to call it, next to uh, Danielle. 9.57 a.m. And, dude, the stranger is fucking Lindsay again. Like, he's like, it's already, he's like, let's go over round, round two. I don't maybe three. Who knows? Paige says, Paige is in the other room and she starts hearing it. And she's like, that makes me want to die because she's hearing like, uh, uh. dude, have you guys ever been in a room like or like in a place where you start hearing people have sex? It is so it is so awkward. And you like you'll never feel that young. You know, like, you'll be like, I just always feel like, oh, my God, what am I? Doing? Help. I remember uh, staying at my buddy's like this girl's place. This is God. This was when I was like 26 or 27. We went up there and like we went to this party. We got ripped. Uh, we got shit canned. Uh, we acted like Austin, but then he ended up hooking up with the girl. And so they like put me in the guest bedroom. 
And then, like, literally, do you know how weird it is to hearing your friend, like, yeah, like, just, like, go at it? Like, and, like, it sounded like they were breaking a bed. And I'm like, it never sounds like that when I make love, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I make love, folks. That's, you guys know. Um, So Paige is sitting there gross. Sierra gets in bed. And uh, she's like, there's a random guy in the bedroom. And Sierra's like, Lindsay, you're dating 10 different people. I mean, God, you have an inkling of respect for someone else. Sierra is so butthurt about Lindsay. Like, I'm sorry, Sierra. Like, you're you're fine. But like, you, dude, you're young. Like, shit's going to happen. And this ain't the one to blow your load over. Austin is not the man to like boo-hoo about. And it's also not the man to turn you against other women. Lindsay's strategy, or lack thereof, or just Lindsay being Lindsay, has always been Lindsay. She's never pretended to be someone else. Paige says, are we running a brothel? God, everybody's so butthurt when somebody gets some in the summer house. Sierra has been so deeply hurt. And how are you in bed with different guys, Paige says in a talking head. We cut to Mackenzie brushing her teeth, which I love this, that Carl and Mackenzie, they're really setting up as the not the boring couple, but the couple that like does everything right. Like say Lindsay's in bed fucking, uh, you know, uh, we cut to Mackenzie brushing teeth. It's, <laughs> you know, Andrea, we find out slept in Alex's bed. Cause he says, he's a little bigger and Alex is not here. Huh? We, we don't see Alex again this entire episode. Hello folks. It's me, Andrea. Um, Robert, Maya, and Danielle are all laying in bed, and they're talking about Lindsay's boo, Luciano, who is the guy there. Um, But Danielle didn't even know that. She's like, what? He's here? They had no idea. We cut to Austin and Lindsay after Lindsay's, like, taking this guy home. Lindsay comes into Austin's room, and uh, he's like, oh, I was just trying to call you. And she's like, like, yeah, I got to drive Luciano home. And he's like, he's here? Did you fuck him? And he goes, that's amazing. And I got to tell you, this is exact. I was thinking about this on my hike today. I was thinking, listen, Sierra is thinking about relationships in terms of love, in terms of really having a soul connection. Lindsay, at this moment in her life, now I think she's past that, is thinking about like body count. She wants the P and the V. Like she wants things to go down sexually. And so does Austin. So Sierra is the odd man out because Sierra is kind of doing what relationships should or what you would what you should want sometimes in a relationship, which is like a heart connection. Right. But that's not where Austin is. And it's not where Lindsay is. And Austin shouldn't like Austin pretended to want a relationship with Sierra when all he wanted was to touch Sierra's boobs you know what i'm saying like that's what he he wanted a relationship with sierra's boobs and he got one and now he doesn't he doesn't want a more intense relationship than the one of him just grabbing sierra's boobs and so sierra is getting hurt because her feelings are involved and these other people like listen austin just found out she fucked another dude last night he's like yeah rock on brother let's put another notch in that belt um Austin, uh, Austin goes, well, I called you because I woke up and I'm like naked and afraid. Like, you know, he seems like he's having one of those mornings of trying to piece everything together. Uh, Lindsay hops into bed with Austin and just hugs him and they're all laughing. Um, and, and they're talking head. She goes, if I want to end my night with a one night stand, that's what I'm going to do. Um, he's like, okay, so we pack and then we get the hell out of here. And she's like, yeah. 
Amanda says, from bed, everyone has to clean, but I'm happy right here. You really do get the sense that Amanda doesn't like physical labor. Like, I don't like it either, but you can really, like, she's very comfortable in a bed-type situation. Me as well. I'm all for this. Um, Kyle is talking to Mackenzie. He's like, hey, you have, you have fun? You, you, you know, checking in. You have fun? And Mackenzie's like, yeah, everyone made me feel welcome. And, you know, it was a doozy of a party to walk into. And Robert uh, is outside cleaning. Uh, Robert and Danielle, I got to tell you, they seem like the couple that always does. Like, they're the ones cleaning. They're the ones cooking. You know, like, you always need that. Like, you need those friends in the group that are willing to do, like, you know, stupid shit, not stupid shit, hard shit. Like, you know, he's pouring out the empty or the half empty bottles of beer, calling them wounded soldiers. Um, Carl runs into a fake palm tree as Andrea is asking him questions. Cause Andrea is like, Hey, what would you, did you like McKinsey coming over? Huh? You know, and McKinsey is inside telling the girls that Carl likes to sleep with ocean sounds. And it was very nice. Um, Andrea is back with Carl and he goes, eh, did you have a sex session? And Carl's like, no, no. Which I, the, you know, I don't know. It, I don't know. Andrea is so funny. Andrea even makes you laugh when he's like, eh, did you put it in? Hey, all right. Hey, it's okay. It's amore, right? Um, and I love that Carl didn't, man. Carl is, Carl, I gotta say, you know, it's easy to make jokes about this, but the sobriety thing, like, it's working for him. And I think he knows that. I think that's why he really is. It seems like very careful about the decisions he's making. And I, I, I just don't even have a, I mean, I could make fun of it, but I don't want to, you know? Um, Andrea goes, Oh, only Lindsay have sex session this weekend. Huh? <laughs> Austin is wearing this annoying cowboy hat and he sees Sierra and he's like, uh, He's trying to be like cutesy a little bit. He's like, oh, we've been cleaning up, you know. It was a murder scene out here. And uh, noticed you weren't out here kind of thing. And Sierra's like, he's treating it like he has amnesia. Like he truly is acting like nothing happened the day before. Maya is asking Danielle about Oliver, um, you know, because they're going to see each other in the city this week. And remember, Oliver is Danielle's friend that she's setting Maya up with. Um, Austin is like, I want to get out of the Hamptons. And Lindsay says, it'll be fine because we have each other. It, 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 uh, it's just so dumb. Uh, you guys, this whole thing is so dumb. And the fact that we never get like this, I thought we were going to get more Austin and like confrontation. Like he's right here. This is the time to question Austin right now. Like, Sierra, you save your your venom for Lindsay at the end of this episode? You do it now, girl. You pull that man aside and you say, you made a damn fool out of me. It's obvious you don't care about me and I've got to cut it. You can do no more of your cheap little cute jokes. You can't do that to me anymore. Um, Sierra is, uh, she goes, I'm not crying. I'm just frustrated, you know. You know, you embarrass the fuck out of me. She's talking to Paige and Paige is like, there's a reason people think he's an asshole because he is. Sierra in a talking head says, it's something so painful. He had no regard for me. I'm done. I'm over it. But we usually realize they are never done and they're never over it. Amanda's in her bedroom um, saying that she's a slow packer and and I do. She just seems slow. There's four boxes. Bloop, 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 bloop. Everybody's loading up their luggage into the car. Kyle says, 
Amanda and I just had an amazing weekend, but this prenup, and I'm like, ah, oh, shit, here we go. This prenup has been hanging over our head for years, and I, I don't want Amanda have another reason to question anything. I'm like, that's great, Kyle. Well, why don't you just not bring it up then? And you're all, you're going to be fine. But like, th- this is what I always like. He's like, I'm doing this for Amanda. Like, no, if you were doing it for Amanda, you wouldn't bring it up at all. You're doing this for yourself at the end of the day. And you realize you're in a tough spot. And now you're like, part of me was like, I wonder if he saved this for the cameras just because he wanted other people there and he was scared to do it alone. So at least the camera guys with him, you know? Um, so he sits Amanda down and they're sitting, Kyle says, um, hey, I know we're coming up on on getting some wedding bands. And, you know, I've had some investors, you know, I would ask, uh, you know, they would ask, like, with any founder of the company who they're getting married to. And they ask, have you and Amanda talked about a prenup? You know, and I put it off because it makes me uncomfortable. And Amanda's like, yeah, I just don't like the idea of a prenup because it, like, prepares you for that situation. And she goes, I'm agreeing to spend the rest of my life with you. I've stuck by your side through everything. And if I didn't believe in this, I would have let you go a long time ago. And and a talking head, she goes, we've been engaged for three years. We had so much time to talk about it. So it's so last minute to discuss this. Isn't that a guy, though? Man, I do that, too, though. I wait till the I I wait till the last minute for all my prenups. Um, uh so Amanda's like, yeah, let's get ready to leave each other before we get married. Unless Kyle gives me good reasons that this would be good for me. I'm not signing anything. Hell yeah, girl. Don't sign anything. No. And by the way, that what is the pre the prenup? It seems like your parents give in so much money. You should have half of Loverboy regardless. Yeah, I said it. New scene. Four boxes. Bloop, 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 bloop. Everyone's hitting the road. Kyle says, okay, yeah, I'll look what's in the prenup. We'll uh, we'll make a decision. Carl and Mackenzie uh, are still at the house, and and uh, Carl's like, I enjoy, you know, this. I, I enjoyed this every step of the way. Uh, but he goes, I didn't think I was ready to meet someone, and my sobriety is important. But I think I want to keep getting to know you. But I want to take things slow. Is that okay? Now, look at that statement, you guys. That's honesty from him, right? Now you could look at that negative viewer girl and go, Oh, he doesn't like me that much. Or you could look at somebody like this is somebody truly trying to figure out their emotions. This, this guy. And she goes, yeah, I am cool with that. Cause I know you don't, you're not doing that to want to just like sleep with a bunch of other people. And I believe that too. Like I believe Carl's truly is tr- like, they're not a war, but like, I feel like Carl's been at war with himself in other seasons. Here's Carl really trying to figure out what his inner voice is. Uh, is saying and sometimes you you got to be quiet to do that and that is so hard but i really god i admire this so much because it takes strength to do what carl's doing you know how easy it is just to like fuck everything to move like i mean i'm not you know i I don't know but like i think it would be easier for like you know how easy it would be just a party every day do like you're on a show like you're making these healthy decisions for your life and it might not be fun for us to watch sometimes or it might not be fun to even go through when it's so new but he's doing it and it's just it's really inspiring to watch um carl is crying actually during this and you know mckenzie says you didn't even let the anniversary of your your brother's passing get you down i'm so proud of you he says i've met a lot of people who have been really supportive um and it's just a weird community to be a part of but i'm so thankful for it and she goes i'm here for you i'm proud of you he says, yeah, you were uh, you were a good distraction. And 
Then she goes, give me all the snotty kisses, Carl. Give me all those snotty kisses. She's like, yeah, please. It is kind of weird to watch this relationship because it's it's sweet. I mean, I don't really think much more than that. But it is interesting in retrospect knowing that we know he gets with Lindsay. So now I'm really excited to see how that all starts because from my understanding, we get to see the ta- the beginning of it at the end of the season. Um, we cut to all the luggage. Finally, the luggage feels like it's been loaded for the last five scenes. I kept seeing luggage being loaded, so I don't know why it keeps getting loaded. Andrea, by the way, if you notice, loaded pages. Remember last episode or the two episodes before when she was like, no, I've got it. He's like, you got your own luggage? No. So now he's back to loading her luggage, uh, which I thought was interesting. And Austin goes, let's get weird. And he, if you look closely, he has like those mini bottles of fireball with him. So I assume him and Lindsay just got shit canned on the drive home. Um, Monday, we get Mondays in the big city. They're back in New York, folks. Paige is doing her internet show, I guess, like her Amazon Live from her closet. She's like, welcome back to the Paige DeStorbo show. This week, let's put together outfits for summer and a special thing on undies. And then we all of a sudden cut to Wednesday. Danielle is working. Ida, her mother, is on FaceTime with her. This was such a weird... I, I, I like that they're trying to let us know that they have a life during the week, but I would try to then actually get them having a life like this was just danielle going hey mom when she was on facetime there's nothing else in that nothing else happened in that scene um sierra is on facetime with maya and maya is walking into her second her first date i guess with oliver if you don't count the summer house as the first date and sierra's like no girl just be light and airy be yourself i'm proud of you for getting off your couch and going And Maya says, the last time I went on a first date, I was 24 and now I'm close to 30. What if he touches me and I don't want to be touched? What if he he doesn't think I'm funny or if the the person waiting on us calls us a couple and we aren't yet? What if, you know, and this is so, I mean, this is so relatable. Like the the situations you go through in your mind, you know, and the reality of the situations are never, in fact, well, actually that's not true. Sometimes I've had situations happen that are worse than my imagination, like that time I set my car on fire at that uh, after that one date, and smoke was billowing through um, the Beverly Center Mall parking lot, and uh, yeah, that was a horrible. I left my I left my engine running the entire date with my keys in the car locked. I didn't even realize it had no clue until I started going up to a floor and there was like smoke everywhere. And I heard counting crows blaring and I was like, Oh my God, I, I listened to counting. I was like, I was just listening to this. And then I realized, Oh no shit. Because it's coming from your car. Like how nervous do you have to be on a date? How nervous do you have to be on a date where you completely lose hearing sight, like feet? Like I didn't even realize I didn't have my key. Like the keys were locked in the car and I didn't realize like, I was so in my head about this date that I left a car running with the keys in the ignition and the car locked. Like what? I, I, the fact that I'm still here with you guys, it like, it's, it blows me away as well. Truly, truly a medical miracle. Um, so she comes in, uh, I guess she's a little late. She's like, I'm sorry I kept you waiting. He hasn't had a drink yet waiting for her. She gets a classic margarita and she goes, so what's been up since I've seen you? And Oliver goes, well, I got stuck in an elevator. And she's like, that's cause you live in Jersey. Hey, um, Oliver asks, uh, what would be your last meal on earth? And she goes, a bowl of pasta, French fries and broccoli. And, uh, 
then she asks him, what's the best type of French fries? And he says, waffle. And she goes, do you like a lot of ketchup? You seem like you do. Um, and he lets us know he has a problem with white condiments, uh, mayonnaise, sour cream, ranch. And she's like, you don't like sour cream? Are you kidding? I love sour cream. Isn't sour cream great? Guys, let's let's stop a second just to give a solid shout out to sour cream. I love you. If sour cream, if you're listening, I love you so much. You're so good. In fact, too good, I think. Um, in a talking head, she's like, can we eat together? You know, there's some sort of potential here. and I'm excited a little bit, uh, but I, I, I'm trying to curb my excitement because I'm realistic. But 10 out of 10 this date, you know, and they go to get another drink. So it's nice. It's a sweet little thing. And it's always nice because, you know, it's like watching Maya get her groove back. Cut to Thursday. We're close to the weekend, folks. We're f- close to getting back into that summer house. Amanda is going into Paige's place where uh, Paige has put out some smoothies that she bought. Sierra comes and they're going to go have some croissant and smoothie on Paige's rooftop. Um, Sierra is talking about carrying groceries with her in the city and that, you know, you can never get as much as you want be- at grocery stores because you have to carry it everywhere. Uh, the girls are devouring the croissants. Um, Amanda says, I tried to fit on my wedding dress and it fits, so I'm good. And Paige says, I'm so excited for your wedding. And I'm like, no, you're not, Paige. Why are you yelling? Like, you don't, you're not excited. Sierra says, I'm not, look for- I'm not looking forward to seeing Austin again. And they're like, well, did he reach out this week? He's like, he didn't reach out at all. She's immediately crying. She's like, you don't even contact me at all? And Paige says, Austin is to blame for this weekend. Amanda goes, yeah, I don't blame Lindsay. And Sierra says, single fucking Lindsay doesn't give a fuck about anyone but herself. So manipulative. No, no regard for me. (laughs) That is clear. Yeah, Sierra, it wasn't. There was not. Why? No, you guys aren't friends. That's like the weird thing about this. That's the cool thing about the summer house, too. You don't even have to be real friends. Like there are people in the house, you know, don't like each other. You know, Paige and Sierra do not like Lindsay. Paige likes Lindsay a little bit, but that's only respect out of like knowing that she's been there for years and years, you know, like, so I think Paige kind of gives her a tip of the hat sometimes. And Amanda's pretty much Switzerland. Paige says, well, Lindsay did that because of Vermont to get back at you. And they're like, oh, definitely, definitely. And Sierra's like, well, I'm done. And a new scene, we have Andrea. Andrea lets us know. He's like, we have an Italy theme night, huh? We're going to make, I'm going to make a big Italian meal for the summer house. He's driving there with Luke to the summer house. Uh, Paige and Craig are driving together and they are so excited. He is so excited to be back. And Craig says, I didn't grow up going to the Hamptons. It feels really bougie. I'm like, Craig, Craig. Okay, but Craig still is kind of bougie. You know, Craig's bougie without the... You know, bouginess is in your heart. It's not in the Hamptons. Um, and she's like, it's so fun to have you in the house. And I'm like, is it? You fucking gaslit paid. Like, is it fun? Like, you literally he gaslit you within an inch of your life last time. And Craig says, maybe you can come to um, uh, come to, to, to Delaware, you know, and, and meet crabs and uh, Pally with the dog. But, you know, I, I don't want you to think, you know, about it's not official. You know, you meet my parents, but it's not official. I'm not even going to put pressure on you, you know. And she's like, oh, and talking and she's like, oh, I'm not going to put pressure on you, but like be my girlfriend. And Paige says, I would rather be someone's girlfriend when I met their parents instead of a couple that was just on the same page. And I can totally see what she's talking about here. Um, you know, it's like she wants to be brought around as parents as 
Craig's girlfriend. She doesn't want to be like, this is my friend. It's like, you know, we're figuring it out. You know, she wants to meet the parents when he's like, this is my lady. Craig says, it's, um, it's not, uh, you know, it's not my parent. You, she's like, it's not, he goes, it's not meeting my parents. Like you would just be like meeting them, but like to see my house. He's it's just so weird. It's like weird logic here that he's like, told himself to like keep himself out of price and it's so weird too because craig it looks like craig really likes Paige from what we see you know he's all giggly and smiley and she's giggly and smiley like go big giggly and smiley together do that you know we cut to sierra and uh maya they're driving over and i guess there's a hurricane this weekend folks so the summer house is on notice sierra says i just want to have a fun fun this weekend and focus on myself and do whatever I want to do. And Maya asks, uh, well, when are you going to talk to Lindsay? And she's like, probably tonight over dinner. And I'm like, really, do we really have to do this? Like, come on. Is it, you know, if there wasn't a show, would you still be doing this? Like you leave it alone. You got out with your life. You know, we cut to the summer house. Um, and Andrea's like, Lucas, are you ready for Italian night? They're, everybody's entering. Andrea's making an Aperol spritz as the drink. Like, this man, this is when the summer house, I fucking, I'm like, yeah, fuck summer. Yeah, summer house. Where they're making an Italian, they got a, they got a, they got a theme drink, an Aperol spritz. I'm like, fuck yeah, man. I love theme drinks. You got, like, that's so, like, to me, like, that's, I'm like, in. I'm like, yes, I'm in. Um, and he goes, do you want to know why I want to do the Italy nights? And he says, you know, there is a holiday called Ferragazzo. It's Ferragazzo Day. You know, everyone is two weeks off in Italy and we all celebrate. We see that he's brought little Italian flags. He's like, I want to take a little bit of Italy to the Hamptons since I cannot be home with my family. Paige and Craig pull up and Craig's like, do you think everyone's going to be happy to see me? And she's like, of course. Not true, but... Um, but I also think it's kind of cute that like, I'm like that too, where, you know, like, I hope people like me. I hope they do. Andrea jumps on Craig immediately. He's like, Craig, I love Andrea so confident. Cause you know, he has 30 billion abs where he can just, you know, forget the page stuff and just be happy to see Craig. Craig hugs Sierra. And she's like, we've got so much to talk about. Like she probably just wanted to get more Austin dirt. Andrea has a chef's hat on and sunglasses and his shirt open so we can see all of his muscles um and he's like we're all going to be speaking with our hands this weekend for italian night Lindsay pulls up with danielle carl comes out to help them with the luggage like dude this is like i it summer house sometimes inspires me to want to go on more vacations with women uh like groups of women where i can do the luggage thing where i'm like yeah like this is a like by the way this is a reminder to all guys listening gay straight any like we all We've got to carry luggage for women. Like that seems to be the move. Like it just it's just it's just something that we should do. Like and I'm I'm fine with that. Like I'm willing to do that. I want to do that more. Maybe I should look into being a bellhop. Um Sierra sees Lindsay and you can tell there's already tension in Sierra. Like but just from Sierra's side, Lindsay's like and she's like there she is, Lindsay. Alex, we find out, is not coming. Like, ah, man, there must have been a protein shortage somewhere. I don't know. Lindsay is getting alerts about the hurricane weather. It's dangerous. Luke says, uh, well, we need to make sure we have enough food and alcohol for the weekend. Um, and uh, Sierra goes, natural disaster. And you want me to be stuck in a house with Lindsay? Death by 200, please. Sierra, please don't try to be quippy. 
I don't know who wrote that for you. Um, Sierra is hacking the flowers on the kitchen table and she's doing it really loud and it's coming off really aggressive. And Lindsay notices and she's like, girl, what the fuck? Like you that look was like, what are you doing? Um, new scene Friday, 5:44 PM. Kyle and Amanda finally pull up. Uh, Kyle goes, ciao, Andrea. Ciao. He's like, ciao, Amanda and Kyle. And Kyle's like, I'm an Italian man in New York City. Kyle's trying to do the accent, but he can't do it like me and Andrea. Uh, Andrea's like, are you ready for Italian night? Danielle is talking to Maya uh, by the pool. And she's like, let me know everything about your date. Let me know. And Maya's like, I want to see him again. You know, we've been texting every day. And Danielle says, I love it. I don't know if I should love it, but I love it. He texted me at midnight saying, Maya is so dope. Then Hurricane Lindsay comes out and uh, they're like, how are you? And she's like, oh, I've been recovering from my fairy tale birthday party last week. And Maya's like, is there like an unspoken tension between Sierra and you? And Lindsay's like, look, I'm, tw- I'm 35. She's 25. She shouldn't give a fuck. It's not my problem. Like, guys, this sounds brutal, but it's also the truth. We want people to tell us this is it. Like Sierra legitimately shouldn't give a fuck. Austin's a fuck boy. Sorry that your feelings got hurt, like got wrapped up in this, but that's between you and Austin. It's not between you and Lindsay. Why is Lindsay having to respect Sierra's unwritten rules of love about this situation that has not like, do you you know what I'm saying? Like all of a sudden we're supposed to respect this relationship that Austin isn't even claiming the other person in the relationship. Um, so Lindsay goes, Sierra should have come to me last weekend and talked. And I'm like, okay, well, she did try. And we see a flashback of that last weekend where, you know, Sierra's like, can we talk? And Lindsay's like, nope, nope. And Lindsay goes, I understand Sierra is super into Austin. That sucks. But how is that on me? Danielle says, not everyone is a casual makeout person, but Lindsay is. Because by the way, you guys, we also, we, we know these people, right? We all have the casual makeout friend. We all have the casual, like, goes out and tries to hook up with somebody friend. We've had that at times in our lives. We all have that. And you still like them. That's just Lindsay. She's in a casual makeout period. You know, they're, they're, uh, it just happens. You know, everybody has a phase. Danielle in a talking head says, you know, Lindsay's been on a tear all summer. She's had a rough year. Why not have fun with someone who she's been friends with for four years. She can do that. And Lindsay goes, I have a relationship with Austin, you know, and, and we started kissing who, who cares? We cut to Paige, Amanda and Sierra, and they're talking about the Delaware, uh, thing with Craig. She's like, Oh my God, he kind of invited me, but didn't invite me to see his parents. And he's like, uh, parents introduce me. If you introduce me to your parents, they will ask about me for the rest of your life. Do you want to commit to that? Um, And he's like, he told me, don't look into it too much. But like already in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, like we're married. Guys are downstairs talking about cooking Italian food. It is really funny. I just always love to point this out, how the girls are always talking about something relationship wise. And the guys are talking about something, either food, beer, booze uh, or or uh, like punching each other, you know. Ball slapping. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's never like of substance. It's never like, you know, yo, come here. Um, I'm at my heart hurts this week. Could I talk? Could I talk to you about it, Craig? Like, it's never that. Carl FaceTimes McKenzie because it's her birthday. Everybody says happy birthday. It's, it's fine. It's cute. Um, 
they ask Carl how it's going with McKinsey, and he goes, we've texted a lot the last few days, but I, I do feel pressure. You know, people do catch feelings, but my number one right now is taking care of myself. And Kyle says, well, yo, bro, I'm still pushing for the plus one at my wedding, but no pressure. Carl says in a talking head, being sober, it's been challenging. Every single person says, don't get into a relationship before a year in AA. And uh, there is if there's going to be a possibility in the future. He goes, but maintaining my sobriety, I just want to focus on that. And once again, that's dead on right. That's what he exactly he should be doing. Uh, we cut to Craig, who is now wearing uh, Luke's stupid hat. He's wearing a stupid white hat. It is just, it's, it, 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 it keeps getting awful. Like it keeps getting worse. Like how did the color get worse this week? We cut to Andrea and Luke talking about uh, the travel ban. And then he's like, I miss my family. I can't travel to Italy because it's travel ban. And he's like, you know, when I get lonely, when it hits me, it hits me hard, you know? He's like, he goes, I've been feeling lonely lately. A few factors make it feel that way. One one girl right after Paige, you know, um, I was seen, and the door is completely closed right now. You know, and it was like, this girl, right after I stopped talking to Paige, I met this girl, Lexi, three months ago. And we see a picture of him and Lexi, and, you know... But he seems like really like kind of like, oh, I screwed it up. You know, I did not do Andrea didn't do well. And now Andrea a little heart hurt, you know, um, he says, when the idea of seeing Paige came into my head, it made me part ways with Lexi. And uh, they uh, they ask what happened with Craig. Um, and uh, he's like, oh, it's, you know, that's their situation. You know, it's, it's fr- like, I don't know what it is exactly. It's friends with benefits. Like, they don't even know what it is when describing it. But uh, Andreas is the cutest line. He goes, this loneliness I've been feeling lately is killing me. I'm like, girl, you need to listen to some Britney Spears. I lo- this loneliness I've been feeling lately is killing me, you know? And Carl goes, you're heartbroken, Andrea. Now we're finally having men talk about feelings. Andrea and Carl are perfect, actually, for that. New scene. Um, everybody is uh, preparing for the drink uh, dinner. Daniel asks, can we do anything? He's like, just drink a lot of red wine. And Lindsay goes, that's my specialty. Craig says, this Parmesan is great. <laughs> He's just eating Parmesan. He's like, I don't usually partake in Parmesan, but this Parmesan is great. Paige and Sierra are upstairs, and uh, Sierra says, I need to wax my pits. Great. Awesome. Carl sees Maya in the hallway, goes, how are you? And she's like, I'm good. And he goes, you don't seem good, but that's the end of that situation. It's what a weird little scene to leave in. Maya comes into the room with Paige and Sierra, and she's like, girls, I just heard something interesting. Lindsay doesn't think she owes you any conversation. And Paige says she should have talked to Sierra before she did anything. And Maya says she's not taking responsibility for anything. It's not for lack of me trying. Paige and Sierra, they're like, Austin is the worst and she's a close motherfucking second. Craig downstairs asks Andrea, did you have fun last weekend? He's like, yeah, really good, really good. We go back to Lindsay telling Craig about uh, Austin uh, in the pool and the kissing. And Craig's like, Sounds a little different than Vermont when he didn't want anything to do with you. That's kind of the subtext there. We cut back to Paige and Sierra and uh, Paige is like, Sierra, get your inner Italian and go off on this bitch. Like Paige is it's like it's like fucking Cobra Kai. He's like sweep the leg. Paige is like sweep the leg. No sensei. I said do it. Um, 
And she's also, Sierra is in the bathroom crying. She's like, he's such a fucking loser. You know, and Paige is like, he did you a favor. And I know you can't see it because you like him, you know, but you would not want him involved in anything in your life. You are light years better. And she's like, I think I look stupid. And Paige lies. She goes, you don't look stupid. (laughs) I mean, listen, I want Paige in my corner, man. She fucking, I'm like, yeah, let's fucking kick some ass. 8.05 p.m. The food is getting brought. uh, They're all, you know, ready for some Italian. The spaghetti is plated. Carl has pasta on his shirt. He's like, check out my shirt. He's dressed for success. I do like this about Carl too. And I think uh, with sober people, it's like they get really specific in detail work of like, yes, I will be eating on Saturday. It will be a pasta dinner. I should get a button up pasta shirt with some pasta on it. That would be enjoyable. Like drinking used to be, you know, like they, they, <laughs> I don't mean that in a jet. Like they really do like all of a sudden details really matter. Um, there's a, Andrea, thank you for dinner. And Daniel's like, grazie. And she speaks Italian. And uh, they uh, they all look amazed. There's focaccia, the whole deal. And he's like, uh, I want to bring Italian tradition. So I want to talk about love, you know, and what love means to you. So like, you know, we can go around the room and say, you know, drink wine. Tell us what, you know, they, they, they used to do orgies because of all of this kind of stuff. It got weird. But anyways, basically, he's saying go around the room and say what love means to you. And Lindsay starts. She's like, well, I have four pillars of love. And Kyle's like, oh, boy, trust, communication, respect, and love. And when you have that with someone, that is love. And they go, chin, 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 chin. Andrea, we get to him, he goes, being love means being supportive and understanding towards each other. And sometimes you don't, you don't feel you, something you don't feel for anyone else, you know, in the, you know, in the stomach, you know, the stomach, you feel in the stomach, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't, I, I he goes, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, and they're like, yay, chin, chin. But Andrea's like tearing up. He's like, oh, no, I'm so sad. I'm so sad, I'm Andrea. Um, and Daniel goes, Andrea, why are you so choked up? And he's like, oh, I really, fe- I'm feeling, I'm feeling the feels. And Daniel's like, oh, okay. You know, which is when you think Andrea couldn't be cuter. He starts crying, crying. And you're like, oh, my God, what a little puppy dog. It's like, uh, like you got, like, you even suckered me, Andrea. Like, I'm in love with you, I think. Um, Paige says, uh, you're missing your family? And I'm like, yeah, but also because you broke his heart earlier in the summer house. Like, Paige is like, he's just sitting there weeping silently next to Paige. Kyle, it's time for his speech. He's like, true love is when you meet someone that makes you a better person and you can fart on that. <laughs> it makes you a better person and it makes you want to wake up and do more and truly create something. And sometimes that's just like what it takes for you to have purpose in life. And Andrea hears this. He's really tearing. He's like, oh, no, so sad. It's such a beautiful <laughs> And he goes, uh, Kyle goes, so much is going on. And it's like, it's a healthy reminder why I proposed to Amanda. And, you know, sticking it out, I guess I have to thank my Italian friend for bringing it out of me. And Paige says, love, it's unconditional. And you just love everything about them, even the bad stuff. And Craig has a shit-eating grin on and his stupid white hat right here. He's like, she's talking about me. Bad stuff. (laughs) Sierra goes, okay, I'm going to keep mine short and simple. Mutual respect and honesty, security. I also feel like love and friendship, and especially in terms of respect, I feel like I shouldn't 
should address this since we're all at the table together here. And I'm like, Sierra, you think poor fucking Andrea has slaved over an Italian meal. He's bawling his little poor cute eyes out. And you think now is that we're talking about love? Everybody's like going nice moments. You're like, I also think love and friendship are interesting. We get a cut of everyone's faces of like, dun, dun, dun. We come back from commercial. Paige is smiling because she's like, yeah, it's go time. Like the 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 way you see Paige enjoy this is just so wild. Like she truly was like really digging it. Lindsay, she goes, Lindsay, I'm at my wits end and I want to talk about respect because that's in your four pillars. And uh, she's like of like love and friendship. Who fucking knows? And Lindsay goes, those are my love pillars. <laughs> He goes, Sierra goes, I held my tongue. I know there's hostility, but I don't know where it comes from. I would have taken a step back in Vermont and let you pursue whatever relationship you wanted to have with Austin. You disrespect me. You you disrespect me. And I was excited for Austin to come. And regardless that it was your birthday, it's asinine and crazy for me to think I was okay for him to sleep in your bed. You're kissing and making out. and so fucking. And, you had to, and she goes, and it's so fucking interesting. You have to isolate your victims in order to be affectionate. You seriously, nobody would have known. You Nobody would have known if you didn't say anything. Like she, like. Do you know what, like, how fucked up what she said is? You have to isolate your victims in order to be affectionate. She's saying that, like, she had to get Austin alone for Austin to creep with her. Like, dude, believe me, Austin did not care. Like, Austin was doing that in front of people. Like, don't even. That's such a shady thing to say. It's a shitty thing to say. It really is. Um, and, like, she's like, nobody would have known. Why did you even let anybody know? And, like, so she's inserting herself thinking that, oh, well, I know because you guys wanted to make me jealous. And Daniel goes, I draw a line there. And she's like, it could have been a secret. You did it to hurt me and rub it in my face. And Lindsay goes, let me assure you, you are not on my mind. And Sierra goes, you get to do whatever the fuck you want to do. And no one even checks you on your behavior. And Andrea is just bawling. He's like, oh, I'm so sad. My heart is heavy. Craig is also loving it. I think Craig and Paige are very similar creatures. They are eating this. They're feeding off. The, they are fed right now. Um, is... Uh, Sierra goes, the saddest thing about it is that everyone is like, that's just Lindsay. You get to be reckless as you want to be and people pass it off as your character. That's so sad. That's the saddest part of all. You straddled him. You know, you don't give a fuck how anyone feels except you. And Luke at this point can't take it. And he takes Andrea because he's a puddle. He's like, come on out here, buddy. Come on. Why don't you come throw a ball out here with old Luke? Um, and, uh, Luke's outside with him. He's like, "Hey, when when we were going around the table, are you were you thinking about love? What were you thinking about?" He's like, "I really had feelings. I did. I did." And we cut back inside, and Lindsay's like, "Why are you screaming, Sierra?" And she's like, "You don't know how Austin and I are with each other." And she goes, "Yeah, because he didn't want anything to do with you in Vermont. So how do you think?" And uh, like, I mean, she throws that, and like, he didn't want anything to do with you, Lindsay, in Vermont. And Sierra says, there's so much he said. She said bullshit. Um, and 
And then Danielle goes, well, then sit there and shut the fuck up then. Because she's like, there's so much he said, she, she said bullshit. And Danielle goes, well, then sit there and shut the fuck up then. Like, and I'm like, oh, shit. Do not rattle Danielle's cage, man. Paige says, regardless of what happened with you and Austin, the fact you knew she was upset. And Lindsay goes, I didn't know that. That was five months ago. Austin and Sierra were together, but I, Craig goes, Okay, Austin and Sierra were together, but I'm mad at Austin, Craig says. I'm not mad at Lindsay. And Sierra and Dan- Danielle just start going at it. And there's like four conversations happening all at once. Sierra stands up and Daniel's like, don't even come at me. And Daniel's like, you better sit the fuck down. And Sierra goes, you better watch yourself. And then Sierra throws a glass. damn and like carl like poor carl like he's just trying to do everything right and he's watching the world crumble around him and that's the end of the episode you guys they left it right at the fucking to be continued that shit so we had a breather of an episode until the very end not a lot happened until that very end so we'll cover it next week next week should be very exciting but what what a what a journey thank you for going on that journey with me and and what an episode thank you to danny pellegrino uh please go out and buy his book how do i unremember this it is truly worth your time and thank you as always for spending time with me i don't even know if you get to listen to this part because you might not but if you do thank you thank you You have changed my life. I appreciate you. Um, And uh, I will talk to you again on Thursday. Bye. Betches.